Hello, everyone, and welcome to State of the Realm. We're back. We've broken out of the Omega Prison. But really, have we? Because we're going to talk about it here, and it's just going to feel like we're right back in. So let's just jump right into it. I'm one of your hosts, Mr. Happy. Of course, joining me is Sly, who is never encapsulated by the Omega Prison, only from the outside. Sly, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm sure you are. <laughs> You can't see him yet, yeah, but he's man. thumbs upping in, in joy of uh, not not being locked behind the bars that are the Omega Prison. Well, maybe one day I will in, in the future. Let me know when, Sly. We've got data center oh travel now. We've got data center travel now. I'm ready to go back oh in right God. now, Sly. Let's go. No, don't. no, you're not. No. no. All right. And, well, you know... While Sly and I, you know, we're here, we're, we're whatever, you know, we're, we're here, we're always here. Yeah. We wanted to bring on some we, guests, people with a lot of experience with the Omega Protocol, so we managed to grab a couple of members from Neverland, who was one of the first groups to clear the encounter, and so we have Moogie, Moogie Woogie, say hello for the people. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello, hello, and you're going to love hello. Moogie's image on the screen. <laughs> I, can, uh, I can assure you everyone's going to love that in a second. And we have Nar, Narlock there. Uh, Dark Knight, you played, right? I, was, I remember your perspective, but not the job. That's me. That's you. I'm Dark Knight, and sometimes healer, and sometimes in between caster. That's a lot of different things. Well, well thank you both of you for sharing the we were having a discussion about this in pre-show. I thought it was a pickle, but no, apparently it's a banana dressed as straw hat Luffy. <laughs> To which you said you at some point owned that banana, that exact banana. Yes. My friend made it for me, and he gave it to me as a present, and I kept it for about a month until it all rot got rotten, and I threw it out. It took a month to get rotten. That's pretty impressive, actually. Oh, yeah, I just kept it. It was rotten already, but I just kept it. You know, I didn't want to throw it out. And eventually, I was just like, I have to throw it out. I was going to say, my bananas go bad in like a week. I just kept it on the sentimental value, but I had to throw it out. <laughs> the sentimental value of the banana. When it became more of a shape of a puddle than a banana. Hey, you know what, though? I mean, it's Luffy. I guess you could, you could probably melt into something resembling a puddle if you really wanted to. Could have made don't, banana bread. <laughs> don't start talking to Suki about Luffy. He'll go on all day. That's fine. I mean, we basically, favorite. like I said in the pre-show, we have like Shonen Jump, an issue of Shonen Jump in the bottom half of the screen right now. <laughs> Sly, come on. Why are you shaking your head no? I I, I don't want to talk shit about uh, One Piece. Yeah, I'm, please I'm don't. I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm not. Don't you dare. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to leave it alone. Uh, I'm on your day. team. I've, I've never seen it. That means my opinion is easily swayed. Please tell me. <laughs> you're trying to break up. Now you're trying to have him break up Neverland. Just, talk, just so you're <laughs> just off of One Piece. Yeah. One piece. Uh, well, thank you again for taking time. Really appreciate you guys taking the time out. First time guests, both of you on the show. So mm -hmm. really looking forward to having your perspective. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, it's great. I always feel bad asking, but you know, it's, uh, you know, as long as people want to have, want to join and have fun. Yeah, Sly hates it that I feel that way. I hate bugging people to like be on the show. <laughs> and like, you are such a people person. It's so weird. I'm not though. You think that I'm not. I'm an introvert to the maximum, Sly. I do this out of necessity. <laughs> the sun's scary. 
I want to go outside and see people. It stings my skin. <laughs> my blinds are closed and everything. Uh, well, before we get to talking about our main topic, the Omega Protocol, uh, we just have a quick, uh, just a quick sponsor thing. You know, we got to thank our sponsors over on Patreon for supporting. They don't have to; they simply choose to, and we love them for it. So, thank you. We're hoping for a solid 2023. Uh, we do have a lot of stuff happening this year between fan fests and raid tiers, and you know, even just what's right in front of us right now with that of Ultimate. So, hopefully, it'll be a fun 2023. Also, thank you to Steel Series for sponsoring as well. Always have the discount code and Advanced GG with the 10% discount code. So. Mastered customer service. Yes, that is actually pretty accurate. Streaming is a lot like being customer service, except you can actually tell the occasional customer that they you hate them and just ban them. <laughs> yeah. It's really customer service and retail's like dream scenario of just finally being able to say something. All right. Oh, so we're talking about this. Hmm. Yes, we are. <laughs> but what am I here for? Yeah, like um well yeah what were you talking about um what what was it uh jeez the omega prison tip my tongue (laughs) (laughs) the omega protocol but i call it the omega prison the omega prison yes it's still the the the, uh, abbreviation is still the same but it's far more accurate to the nature of what ended up occurring oh yeah so before we get right into it, I want to start off with like the, the preparations, the preparation stages for all of you pretty much. Like how did y'all go into, how'd y'all go into, uh, getting ready for top? That's a very I think precarious question. mostly in charge of that. <laughs> so I usually handle all like the raid prepping before we actually get into it, but everyone has their own thing, you mm-hmm. know, life wise, what they got to set up. So like for raid prep, we had a few days for it. I just, we just do whatever we want to do in game. And we'd, uh, have a lot of time to like, theorize what's going to happen. Like we watched Mr. Happy's video on, uh, potential mechanics that he put out before it came out. It was, it was like a fun, you know, to theorize. It was very fun. Just like, you know, thinking about what can be happening. And also the first mechanic they showed what it could be. So that was like a lot of like practicing with that as well, mentally oh, and stuff like that. I want to talk about that. Yeah, but otherwise, we just, you know, we did DSR, just old ultimates, nothing really uh special this time around. Like, we did before DSR, we did much more special stuff, but this time around, it's just regular rating. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, you said you wanted to talk about it? Yoshi messed up, man. He showed us too much of the first mechanic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we saw that there was two blaster hits and two towers, and there was a number one, which implied there was going to be a number two, three, and four. So we we successfully predicted the entire first mechanic, and we practiced full RNG because we didn't know what the RNG was going to be. It ended up being full RNG in the game. So our first pull, we went in. The whole time, we were just screaming, we practiced this, we practiced this, and we one-shot the mechanic. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's actually impressive hype. how much a part of the preparation phase of, of trying to predict mechanics, though the few seconds that we ever get from Yoshi P is is actually way more crucial than I think people understand it is. More so in this case, I think. He yeah. gave away enough information that we literally one shot the tower and tether mechanic. So take that as you will. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I think we got the prediction correct in our group, but we had never pr- actually practiced to the capacity that uh, you you appear to have, and that's that's what nails you. The super early kills, in particular, is being able to jump ahead in situations like that. I'll definitely be looking forward to hearing about the later phases when we get to that, because there's, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you're ready to. And Habs, what about you? What about your group? How'd y'all prepare? Uh, we did a lot of low item level stuff. That's um, what I was. I, I yeah. saw it spread like wildfire through like Twitch streams and everything. And it's like we at first we were kind of just I think a few groups were doing it. And as more groups saw other groups doing it, everyone was using it as a great reason to go back and do. Because a lot of people doing Omega now with with top weren't people who were either around for Stormblood or just never did it. Maybe they weren't even raiding at the time. So to the mass interest in the low item level Omega raids was uh, was actually awesome. It was, it was one of the few times where I've seen so many groups kind of publicly prep in kind of the same way. And, uh, that was, that was a big part for us. We did a little DSR. We did like a day or two of it just like rewarming up a little bit. Didn't even re-kill it. Like we just had never done it all together as a team, but we spent more time focusing on doing the Omega raids and just another big thing. And we're actually going to talk about this on next week's show, which we've already penned in. Um, it, a lot of it was actually setting guidelines for, mental and, and physical health. We actually had full written out in Discord pinned uh, mandatory requirements for people to make sure that they were healthy throughout the, the whole thing ahead of time. Yeah, that stuff's important. Good. Good. Yeah, we did not do any of that. We just let everyone handle whatever they want to do. Just do whatever <laughs> you want to do. Just be there. Don't. That's, that's more so because, like, you know, everyone in our group, is really used to doing this, that kind of thing. So everyone mm-hmm. kind of knows what they need for themselves. So we don't really have to tell them how to do it. Right. But you know, health is still important. If you feel like shit, you yes. play like shit. Or as Sep yeah. told me during Dragon Song, if you eat a burger, you're going to play like a burger. No, I actually respect that exact statement from Zep because um, I remember at one point during our raid week, somebody said they were ordering pasta on the on our lunch break, and I said, uh, that's not a good decision. <laughs> pasta is like one of the worst things you could possibly make a meal out of during uh, during downtime. If you want to stay awake after. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, you're going to be out cold, all those Low, low carb was supposed to be in our rules, but I, I guess it didn't didn't matter after seven, eight, nine days, where people just needed something that they could. I, I wish I played like a bowl of pasta. What does a bowl of pasta play like? What does a burger play like? Very wiggly. Right. <laughs> he meant the pasta, not the burger slide. <laughs> burger is a. Uh... Burger makes you slow. Pasta makes you fast. Too fast. Unpredictable. Unpredictable means I can't get your tether. <laughs> yeah, those those things are those <laughs> things are spaghetti strands. Sometimes, try to you ever try to grab a spaghetti uh, spaghetti strand with your hand? Dude, I, I can't even grab it with my utensils when I'm trying to actually make spaghetti. I'm trying to like pull one noodle out of the pot and like check it. <laughs> it's like a two minute process. It's like it's already cooked way more than it's supposed to. Yeah. Oh, I just ate before this, and now everyone's hungry. So. Strong feelings about spaghetti. I'm sorry. I'm Italian. I understand. I'm, I'm just thinking about Super Bowl food. Anyway, um, one thing I'm going to go back to is um, 
you know, you were talking about predicting, predicting the fight. And for weeks we had conversations about how much of, uh, Omega is this going to entail? And we now have our answer. Uh, what were your predictions like going into top? I, uh, when he said it was all Omega for, like, he said it's all Omega. So I, I immediately thought, like, there's not going to be Kefka. There's not going to be X-Death. All these guys are not going to be there. I thought they were going to pull mechanics from those fights. And, like, you know, Omega's going to use something from Kefka. But nothing. There's, like, nothing from those fights, I think. I there's, think, like, enumeration towers, and that's it. Like, yeah. That's every fight. I think that we expected there wasn't going to be, like, X-Death or Kefka, like, as a boss that you hit. I think we were expecting them to like show up in a trio and like use a cool yeah. move and then and then fuck right off, right? But none of that even ended up happening. Instead, we got five bosses all named Omega down the enemy list at the same time. It's especially funny in Phase Five where you look at the aggro list and it just says Omega like eleven times. Omega, Omega, Omega M, Omega M, Omega M, Rocket Fist, Omega. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Yoshi P made that exact statement, it's all Omega, but there were a couple of different translations for it we spoke about on the show prior, where it was, everything is Omega, do all of Omega Savage, and the other was, it's all Omega, and so the, depending on how you read into those, it was either, it either meant every single boss was going to be somewhat present, a statement we learned not to trust when they made something similar in T. They said that, you know, they pulled as much as possible from all of the raids as they could, and that wasn't even remotely true. With Yo, them. I yeah. want I want to come to the defense of them for a second. I struggle to find anything that they didn't put in Dragon Song. <laughs> oh, they didn't say it about Dragon Song. They did not yeah, make any but they did. About. But they did. <laughs> Everything was in Dragon Song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it, yeah, no, Dragon Song, I think most would say, they never even said, they never really told us how much of those bosses would be in DSR. They just, just made DSR. But T, there's like a lot of things missing that I think people were expecting. I think most notably is height. Was I, I can't believe they didn't put it in. Yeah. Yeah. That was, and also even just the robot intermissions from BJCC, all of the, the, the brute justice mechanics are technically there with Link Up. But I think a lot of people were surprised to not see a, the the robot race that happens when he splits apart in any capacity. Yeah, it's it's like it's free real estate. It's a whole trio right there. Brute Justice comes down, he splits apart, and all the robots start rocketing all over the place, shooting missiles. Like, what if they were there during the, limit cut? <laughs> that, was, that was the fight where they invented trios. Yeah, it really. They was. didn't even put it in. Yeah. Um, but so when they they but they said that about T they said you know oh we we used as much as we possibly could here it was a little a little bit more ambiguous but I think what they ended up landing on is the best possible result in my opinion because it's the in my opinion it's the first ultimate where I'm told it's Omega Ultimate and it's actually Omega Ultimate like he is the boss from beginning to end with no in between it just. It really makes him feel like the super boss that he kind of is in the franchise, in my opinion. No, I think that's a nice thing. But uh, I think Yoshi also said you should do all the Omega fights. That's prep. That. But that that those are useless, right? Just you got the O eleven, O twelve, and that's pretty much it. I feel like yeah, they didn't use well, anything from before that. So interesting why you would say like use, do all the fights, in my opinion. 
kind well, of. Well, he did a, say do all of Omega Savage, and if you did O eleven and O twelve, that's all of them. <laughs> I guess, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. It, it really did come down to full on just interpretation. By the way, I found out why my mic is so low. It did grab it and lower the volume. It did do that. So now I'm gonna sound way too loud, most likely. So I'll uh, I'll make some adjustments for that. It lowered my so on my windows. I normally have it set to sixty one for my volume balance and it was set to 27 which uh, as much as I love that number uh not what I wanted at the moment so thank you it's windows quite a difference yep thank you windows and thank you discord for that one i will keep that on the side but yeah i'll do all omega i loved it i loved it and also the only mechanics that really weren't present which we'll get to when we talk about the phases i didn't really miss I, I think there's a few we could probably name that we maybe expected to see limit cut in mnf was probably one that I think a lot of people expected, and maybe more giant fists. Like, there's a couple things. I, I thought for sure the big rocket fists in normal mode that just shoot through the room like dive bombs, I thought for sure those are going to be everywhere because they love dive bombs, and those fists, can they can just stick them anywhere, and it makes sense, right? I thought those Same were going to be fist. everywhere. I thought it would be a big healing phase with the red fists as well, like it wasn't all of an S, but the red fists never showed up either, so... These fists, I feel like they were underused. Would you say that they, that you missed them though? Like that you actually, like, like height levels of how is this not here? I, I uh, was hoping for a healing phase like all of this red fists. I thought that would be really cool. Just like a, you know, everyone, everything is chaotic. Everyone has to stack up properly. Cause back then you just tanked all beat it, right? And you just kind of ignored the mechanic. Yep. I was hoping they'd force you to do it, force you to heal through it, but just that was a uh, kind of a letdown to me. As a healer, I'm kind of yeah. surprised they didn't use the big dive bomb fists, but I also think it's more impressive that they made a whole fight without the get out of jail free mechanic fist. You know, the like it's better designed for it not inc- being included. Get out of jail for what makes it get out of jail free? You know, it's just it's a fist that you could just it could just spawn. You, could, you know, that's what Omega does. He just like he just summons fists. Yeah, and that could happen at any point in the fight, and it would make sense like thematically, right? Yeah, like he just he just synthesizes a fist, and they could have just stuck dive bomb fists in every mechanic if they wanted to, and like, you know, they love making mechanics based around dive bombs, but they didn't have any of those in this entire fight. Well, the eye is technically a dive yeah. bomb, right? I was actually just about to say that. Yeah. Ah, shit. It's only one though. It's only one one dive bomb happens a couple times. It's not that bad. Yeah. You know. Uh but yeah, overall so, really impressed I I in my opinion with what they achieved here from start to finish mechanically. Great fight, I completely agree. Okay. I don't want to look at it. Now, now um but you know. How would you how would you compare the um I guess cinematic nature of it because Going from DSR, which is like really, really, I guess, cinematic in terms of its stages, and you go from here to there and then back and then, you know, to uh, Dragon King Thornton. Whereas this one was pretty, pretty set from beginning to end. Uh, I actually like this more than DSR. I think there was too much story involved in DSR. That like kind of took you out of the fight itself, like playing the game and you're just like watching what's happening around you, like the eye phase. And you're not really looking at the mechanics kind of look around, like who's outside the arena, like who's fighting and stuff like that. And this one, I like the straightforward, you're fighting a boss, you versus the boss. And I like that much more. Uh, 
I guess I don't really have a strong opinion on it, but I've seen a lot of people. I've I've seen a lot of people say how much they don't like the aesthetic of of the fight. I think that's because it's so like consistent from start to end. There's only like one theme throughout, or as most ultimates usually, you know, it's like changing bosses all the time. So there's at least one part everyone thinks is cool. This is kind of like just when it's the same boss in the same room basically from start to end. I've seen a lot of people say they dislike it. See, I I found that while it was less cinematic in a direct sense of things like the details, like when you travel through time in DSR, you see different people fighting in the back. Like when you're doing Double Dragon, you get to see Hoshfont back there instead because he's alive in that timeline. So like, yeah, little details like that are nice. But in terms of raw cinematic, this uh, real realistically, this fight makes complete sense in the story. Like you, you could convince me this is how it happened, right? Whereas with DSR, it kind of like you said, it kind of pulls you out. It's like telling you, but what if? And then it rewinds, and it's it's like the minstrel is actively like marionetting everything the entire time. Whereas this, it feels like he's actually taken what happened and actually reimagined it in a way that's still cinematic and lore accurate to a capacity. Um, so even though it's not, I guess as chat has just put it, visually progressive, it's in every way a more, in my opinion, cinematic in the way that it's telling its story in not so divided pieces. And uh, there's lots of little details hidden throughout that support just the character of Omega. It's very intriguing mm-hmm. for the character of Omega. So I actually thought it was an improvement over DSR. For me, it was less about how many arena changes there were versus just how good the use of the arena and assets was in the first place. Oh. Yeah. and, and oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to complain about something that was barely related. You're good. <laughs> no, no, go, go. no, 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 no. We want to hear it. We want to hear it. I just heard Arena, and I kept thinking about how much I hated the floor in Omega. You don't like Among Us? <laughs> I hate when the like golden phase starts the part five with the trios. The floor gets like much brighter, and it hurts my eyes, kind of. Oh, okay. That's that's fine. Have it a, a, sti- a stigmatism, a visual stigmatism. Kinda. It's like there's so many little bright thin lines like going in in all kinds of directions mm-hmm. it like gives me that thing where you're looking at like a pattern and your eyes kind of start focusing on different focusing on different parts of it and then you're just <laughs> all messed up you know that's what why I'm says that way you have sunglasses on the koku sunglasses yeah. the floor's too bright i don't like it <laughs> i never thought that's interesting that you yeah I, I struggled pretty hard with that with looking at the colors of the hands during the first mechanic because I had trouble picking out the colors on the against the floor. Slice looking at me like, you want to talk about that? <laughs> because I'm big color, <laughs> I'm big color blind. For me, it, it's not like it's hard to look at because it's too bright. It's I, I couldn't see the AOEs. You're talking, are you talking, you're talking about the actual AOEs of the fist, not the actual, not the back. Those of like the, fist. the colors of the. Fi- well, I oh. guess both. I just have trouble seeing stuff on the floor in general against that floor. I, yeah. I don't know. No, I could barely see, like, when you do the fists correctly, it puts a little AOE on the ground. That was very hard to see. I uh, I struggled with that. Somebody had to point it out to me that it was even there. So I was like, hey, Happy, can you see that? And I'm like, 
see what? <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to be seeing. They pointed it out. I'm like, oh, no, I can't. That's not good. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's not good at all. <laughs> I pull up my magnifying glass and watch the enemy list real quick. Is it, ca- is it casting it? Unironically, kind of what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Unironically, because I couldn't see the seeing the word explosion in the enemy list was my tell. So, not wrong. Um, and real quick, before we get into it, get into it, one thing, uh, going back to progression, I guess, visual progression or anything, uh, this fight really didn't, uh, and, and we're going to be comparing this a lot to DSR, um, this fight wasn't as, you know, I would say mechanically dependent. Like, um, there's a mechanic that happens early on in the fight, and it affects the future of the fight. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't, like, loop through this or anything like that, any, any, anything ridiculous like that. Um, so how did y'all feel about, you know, a straightforward fight? Uh, versus something that was, you know, that was, you know, mechanically dependent and in, like, in certain phases where they would, you know, affect the future of the fight. <laughs> this is going to come back to blue screen. I was just thinking <laughs> it. We have one brain cell. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, other ultimates really tainted us because I kept thinking the first phase was going to be a door boss. I kept thinking that blue screen was more than it was, and then I started worrying about phase five, because phase five is the only place where that does actually happen, but it's not like, it's nothing like, you know. It's the, really obvious. Yeah, it's like, you, as soon as you get through the entire, even if you were to do it wrong the whole way through, but survive, you'd come to the correct conclusion upon completing it a single time, but you'll probably make that conclusion before you even get to that point, so it makes sense. It's funny you because before Prague, we had, like, these dumb arguments in our team. It's like, this is a doorboss. It's not a doorboss. It's a doorboss. Like, Zep was so convinced of doorboss because the music was so, like, wasn't, like, the correct O11S music. It was the, uh, just theme music for Delta Omega Escape. But he was so convinced that, uh, this is a doorboss. This is a doorboss. I, I was not convinced. I was just like, there's no way they put another doorboss again. And, uh, yeah, it ended up not being a doorboss. But, yeah, those are funny arguments before Prague. This is a funny argument during Prague for us. <laughs> it was like, this is, this is a doorbell. And, but on, in my case, it was most people going like, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I, then, I did not believe they would put another doorbell again. I thought this was a one time thing just for story. I think again, for DSR was more story. I think yeah. the doorbell and DSR was story focused. I like, yeah. uh, when you can activate the secret checkpoint after blue screen. That's my favorite mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, you know, I will say this, there was nobody asking for the second checkpoint, I felt. <laughs> I mean, there was no first checkpoint, but with DSR, after the first checkpoint, every time somebody got a new phase, at least from what I could witness from what other people are doing, it was checkpoint? After checkpoint. those two, every time. Checkpoint, please. Yeah, this I never felt like, one of my overall feelings about this fight is it feels shorter than it is. It's the oh. longest ultimate, like, by a not a, that too big of a margin, but even with the cutscene and everything, it is the longest one. I felt that way too. It didn't feel that long. How long to is me. it? Nineteen it's minutes. 19 it's about. Uh, it, it depends on how quick you pushed in DSR, but I know my first clear of DSR was eighteen minutes forty eight seconds. My first clear of this was nineteen minutes one second. Oh, this fight's that long? 
Yeah, exactly. Our first, uh, we have the slowest clear. No, we are in 1910, I think. We're actually That's because we, we, we had some real aggressive DPS holding. <laughs> oh, so yeah, so did we, but it's like, yeah, you, in other words, you can stretch it another, you know, 10 seconds upwards. Yeah. I suppose. But yeah, it is. It is the longest ultimate. And I don't know how long the transition into phase six is versus something like the Alexander transformation. I think they're about the same amount of time. Maybe this one's a little longer. This one's like 55 seconds? Yeah, I think that one's 53? Yeah, that sounds about right. I think the other one's 45 or something. So it might be a little, but that's, that's, that's just a few seconds. T is also the second shortest ultimate. So, but technically looking at initial clear times, not, you can't look at Yukov and Uwu now and judge them the same as they were back then. I think, uh, my theory on why you might feel that way is I think it's because the fight is faster. If there's always something happening, so you don't have as many little mini cutscenes where he's standing there for eight seconds thinking about how much time it's been. You just go, 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 hit the gas, hit the gas, hit the gas, blue screen. Yep, pretty much. Blue screen is literally that's oh the fight starts now. Like once you're once you're at that prog point, that's okay. Then now now we can start the fight. It's painful to think. And that's nine minutes. That's like nine and a half minutes in when you clear blue screen. Yeah. So you don't have it. Time flies because you're just gaming your mind out. <laughs> Constant DPS. Can't stop thinking about damage to the ball doing mechanics the whole time. Yeah. I was grateful for that by the end of everything. <laughs> Very grateful for it. All right. Oh, we got some, so, had some so, issues uh, with getting let- tired. So you had issues with getting like? Did you mean it was hard to get tired? This fight was really hard. <laughs> we had to. Uh, pretty. I th- what day was it, Suki? That we made our pull timer longer? Like the third day, I think, where we the changed from five seconds to sixteen seconds, just to yeah. have that little mini break in between pulls. We had to change our pull timer to be longer, just for mental stamina reasons, not even for an actual reason. I was, I was the dancer stuck with a 10 second pole countdown the whole time. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't have what mired another slowly? five, six seconds. Oh, no, no, no. I was just letting y'all go. Um, I mean, I love hearing about the little things in between pools and like, I'm, I really didn't even think about, um, that's something I really didn't think about until you said it. Um, just having, just increasing your pool timer just so you can just have a little bit of a breather in between. Because normally, I, I like to think that, you know, if it's just, if it's something, you know, it's, if it's some bullshit that you just wiped to, that you've already wiped to, you're like, okay, let's just go in and get the pull ready. But, like, if it's something new, that's like a few minutes of conversation or, or whatnot, just to kind of talk and see, like, well, what is it? Or do we just need to go back and just see it again and just pull? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I don't, I guess I can only speak for myself, but like, if I make a mistake and like wipe or something, I'm gonna be thinking about that for a few seconds, like going through my mind, like, why did I make that stupid mistake? Right. And when we were just wall down face pulling still, uh, we would have a lot of wipes to the very first tower because people are still thinking about why they died. Oh, so. yeah. Having 10 seconds to just, like, think about it, you know, helps a lot. I mean, way less speed of wipes. Speaking of phase one, we should probably start talking about the fight itself. 
at this point. Yeah, and, I was gonna, I was gonna bring, I was gonna bring us to that. So, uh, yeah, we're 30 minutes in and we haven't even like really, really started talking about the fight. So, um, yeah, phase one. We kind of talked about it earlier, but like you said, Yoshi P kind of spoiled you a little bit. Just, just a tad bit in terms of details. Yeah, I was shot. I don't know about you guys, but after we, so a big difference with this compared to previous ultimates is the built in, uh, debuff timer, uh, being able to see everyone's debuffs, their timers, all the information you can need. And yet in the first phase, they still went out of their way to mark people with numbers for like easy recognition designations and everything in both mechanics. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to see those little tiny numbers. So I really appreciate those big numbers they give us. Those are, that's a great addition to this game. I think they added like nowadays recently. I don't think like T had those, but nowadays these numbers are really nice. Big fan of them. And I hope they continue using them like for the rest of whatever. We actually had a big conversation about that right before Prague. Yeah. I forget what it was. I think Suki said something or something. Yeah, I had a misconception of what those numbers meant, and then, like, Nard clarified what those numbers meant. I thought the numbers meant you're going to get hit by something no matter what. Like, like, and this numbers meant, like, you have to take the first tower, the second tower, third tower, whatever. I just thought the numbers meant the boss is going to hit you with something that you can't avoid. But I like knowing that the numbers are just there to help you know who has what. Yeah, it goes a really long way. And it also gave me something to yell at my team whenever they were, uh, losing focus in the first phase. <laughs> it's like when, because te- we were calling by tethers for the first mechanic and then by spreads for the second. So I'd be like, three, four, <laughs> just yelling every single number that I could at them. And uh, if they weren't there, then I would have just had to say, next, that's not good enough. I want to yell numbers at people. I do, I do wonder, actually, I want to pause you guys a question, because chat said, I'm pretty sure the fight was designed before the decision to implement the timers in the party list. Do you think this is a result of that? That is exactly what I was about to say. Okay. That was was literally the words right out of my mouth. I don't even have to say that anymore. So you do think that, yeah. (laughs) Possibly. But even if they had the plans, I don't think the party numbers help here at all. Like, it's really hard to see those tiny numbers on the fly when you're doing the mechanics. So even if they did add this after deciding the party numbers, it would still make sense to me, because party numbers did not help at all, I think, here. Like, party timers. It's a lot yeah, of information. There's actually, there's actually so many different timers happening at the same time yeah. that are all, like, three seconds apart. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was... Um, I really appreciate... I loved this. This is, I think, the best first phase they've made, and I am putting it against both Knights and Thornton, I suppose, with DSR, because those are both first phases, I suppose. Ah, um, but what about second first phase? <laughs> <laughs> I hate I hate how correct you are. I hate it. Um, I agree. I think this is a great first phase. Just It really gets you into the uh, what all of the fights going to be, I think. No, like, breaks, you know, just constant doing something. What would, you, what would be your second place of the other ultimates for a first phase? And yes, you can use both of them. Living phases. Liquid. I was, alright, we're on the same page. Yeah. Oh, Living Liquid is sick. Mm. Let's go. Yeah, until the crits kill the doll, but you know, I'll take that over. <laughs> Skill issue. Yeah. <laughs> These towers actually reminded me of dolls a lot. How many times people died to towers and dolls as well. I'm probably just, it's probably like this is like the same thing again. If it's yeah. if it's like the first hour, then then you're excused on your crit killing your doll. But after the first hour, you should have an idea of how much damage your crit does. And if your crit could kill it, then start your combo over. 
like a good boy. Yep, that was that was the time I did that on Black Mage and one shot it. <laughs> so, you better so, start hitting Skay, the boy. I I know. Well, I was at full and I forgot what I did, but I I pressed <laughs> Xenoglossy at one point and I was like, that was a mistake. Direct crit. <laughs> Direct. Did you have dance partner? <laughs> I don't remember. I, I don't think we had a dancer. I, 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 I could definitely back. see if you're a black mage with a card and dance partner, and you press uh, what's it, Xenoglossy, and it mm-hmm. direct hit crits. That could probably work. Oh, yeah, it was scary. I never pressed it again. <laughs> never <laughs> pressed it again after that point. Like that is an error in judgment right there. Uh, but this, this first phase, I mean, there's not much to say about it mechanically. It's one of the easiest to understand first phases, despite being very well put together. I'd say at least. It's very, <clears throat> I could say that about this whole fight, actually. That's something that I mentioned before is that, or I think a lot of us actually said this during Prague is this fight is designed very differently from like every other fight in this game. Yeah. It's like, uh, how do I, I don't know how to phrase it. It's all like straightforward. This, it's all straightforward. Except like, for how long you're far. It's all like straightforward, simple mechanics. Well, up until like the trio phase, but I'm talking like before that, because we said this before okay. we got there. Okay. But, okay. Once you're in the trio phase, you're back to like stand, standard Final Fantasy fights where like only some people get targeted with some things and there's only like certain RNGs that can happen and stuff like that. But everything before that, it's full send on the RNG. There's no logic to anything. And it's all like relatively simple mechanics that you just have to you just have to do it fast, right? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, it's um, it's strange because I think we're all used to kind of being puzzled by fourteen mechanics more than anything else, and that just isn't kind of what happens here. I, I don't think, and like you said before, trios. I don't think there's a mechanic that trips you up or even tries to even. Uh, jumping ahead a little bit, our discussion all the way into phase three, which I thought was going to be a disaster. You can take one screenshot of your debuffs and actually know the whole phase if you understand how each of the individual components work. That's exactly what we did. Yeah, it just works. And then you have to do it, which is a whole nother story. But you know, that's that's the name of the game. We were like, "What's this new thing? Ah, it's blueberry flavored rot." <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love I love that cereal. I love I love blueberries. Blueberry rot. <laughs> yeah, I didn't but, realize um, rot had flavors. Strawberry and blueberry <laughs> rot. No, My sense. rot's tasty. <laughs> All right. And, and next up, next up, uh, we get into phase two, and this is where we see male and female for the first time. So. How are we? How are we feeling about phase two? And I think this is the realization. I think this is where people realize. Yeah, you're not. It's actually all Omega. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting a door. What about you, Suki? You haven't said much. Um, I mean, I think phase two is actually one of my favorite phases. Just I love that first mechanic party synergy. There's so much going on, but it's very straightforward. Still, like it's very easy to make a mistake on the mechanic, but like it's so easy to understand what's happening. And I thought that's like a really well designed mechanic, something like that, where it, it's straightforward, but it's just easy to make a mistake if you're not, if you're just a split second late on something, and your thinking is like one second behind. And yeah, that's uh, one of my, I thought the second mechanic was kind of boring, but the first one was uh, really well done. I want to hear your guys' opinions on this, 
uh, people have been asking me what I think the hardest mechanic in the whole fight is. And I think it's party synergy. How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, oddly, if I were to disagree, it would be pretty close. Because the only reason I don't out the gate is because of the towers later. <laughs> <laughs> um, which are, again, not any more complicated, but it's the same idea in that it borrows the PlayStation tethers and asks for very precise movements and you can't, nobody can be wrong, you know, so. Are you, are you talking about the either like middle of the tower or get to the wall towers? Yeah. Are you talking about those yeah, towers? Yeah, those are the, I okay. think those are the only, well, yeah, cause the only other towers are phase one. So yeah, I'm talking about the phase five yeah. enumeration towers. Yeah, it's literally trio two in, in phase five, or it is this. I do actually agree. I don't think, yeah. I don't think party synergy is hard. I think Delta and Sigma would be both harder. I think party synergy, like I said, it's very straightforward. If you're, if you're split second slow, then you'll die. But if you're, if you're on point, you won't die to the mechanic ever. Yeah. Yeah, I could see Sigma trio being, yeah. I That's think, pretty up there too. I think Delta Trio would be Delta Trio is the hardest thing to look at and actually figure out what to do. I think of all the mechanics, Delta Trio is hard to learn. Yeah, it's, it's a like lot going on, but actually executing it is is not that bad at all. I think. I forgot Unless you have the guy with the monitor for, trying to get in the stack, that. then you're kind oh. of monkeysteering a little bit. But besides that, it's all pretty pretty yeah. chill. Yeah, I forgot what you guys did for. Delta for, cause I've seen quite a few different shots. I've been watching Momo as he's been working on, uh, trying to finish up his clear and they have a very interesting way of doing Dude, Delta. Whenever I watch someone's stream, uh, we, we like, whenever we clear some of like watch people's streams afterwards or whatever, but everyone I've seen doing that mechanic, I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea what they're doing <laughs> with the tethers and the fists and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, they're it's, like making um, triangles and and like <laughs> and like they're going diagonally, like ro- rotating. I have no idea what's happening. Yeah, I think all we just. Oh, I guess I'll I'll, I'll get there when we get there. Um, we'll, we'll we'll stick to phase two for now. That's what I mean. It's like it's really easy to hop around because the whole fight it's it's phases. It's not bosses. Like it's not like we yeah. say, oh, it's Thornton one and 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 Nidhog one and and I. Oh, sorry. And, yeah. Sorry. It's all going to go back to the trios because everything shows up again. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not saying you did anything wrong. I'm just saying, like, I'm getting on that tangent, too, because that's just so easy to to get on that tangent with the way the fight is designed. You know what's one really big appreciation I have for Phase 2? The optimization that of everyone for two or three GCDs twice across the fight. <laughs> twice across the, the phase, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really yeah. like how they did that too. Got to yeah. prepare for those double hits. It, it's, uh, man, that's, uh, I was about to start a whole other topic that I was about to go through the whole fight again, but <laughs> it's really the important DPS topic, that you do I those assume. things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right, we'll save that for later then. But. I mean, I think it's pretty important because phase one, uh, I mean, we've already talked about that and this is one of the most DPS strenuous phase ones. Not that it's like difficult to get past it, but it's everything you do there sets the the pace for what what where you'll have your cooldowns and how no. you have to DPS every exactly. other phase after. The the part one is like it's not a hard DPS check, but you still have to do it perfectly because the more you save, 
on the beetle, the more you can use on MNF, and the more you use at the start of MNF, the more you can save at the end and bring to the next phase and so on and so on. Yeah, like, I've, I've, I've always wanted a boss that's an ultimate with just one health bar start, start to finish, but I think the way that it, because that would kind of make it harder to DPS check if someone dies at the start, it affects towards the end. I think the way they did it this time from 1 to 4, phase 1 to 4, is pretty much one boss health bar, where whatever you do in one phase will affect the next phase, will affect the next phase. It's like the perfect effect, I think. This is, this is the, uh, I guess the perfect compromise to one health bar at this time. For me. Yeah, and it is still one boss, as far as I'm concerned, it is one health bar. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> well, it was, uh, it's so important that whenever we had a situation where the beetle was like really high health for some reason, like somebody, I don't know, messed up or like, I don't know, bad crit RNG or, or whatever, right? Like we're at the end of the fight and he's like 5% he's casting atomic, right? We would, we eventually came to the agreement that nobody should spend anything extra. If we die, we die. <laughs> just hope for crits. Just stay greedy because if you see the bosses high in part one and you're like, oh man, I got, we got to catch up. I'm going to spend all my stuff and then you kill him. And then you don't have any stuff for part two, and then at the end of part two, they're really high, and you're like, man, I gotta spend my stuff for part three. And then you do the same thing, like, over and over, and then you just wipe at the end instead of at the start, so. Yeah, you always I, said, I, I, I heard it, the magic words from you. Crit variants. Um, yeah, I don't know. There was a couple pulls where we had some really crazy stuff, but besides that, it was really consistent. We had, like, I think maybe three or four pulls across our, like, thousand pulls where Nobody like made a mistake and we just like enraged, but it wasn't that common. Yeah, I mean it's but did you see what happened to Arthur's? No. What happened? Uh on a point a two percent wipe, he om- he didn't crit the Hyo Show. On the kill, he crit the Hyo Show. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> um, and man, it's just, I mean, it's a topic we end up, we've beaten to death on State of the Realm, but it's crazy to oh, look yeah. at the 56k Hyosho versus the 122k Hyosho. And that's a bad it feeling. <laughs> it wouldn't, it wouldn't be so bad if it weren't for the fact that the M and F phase is like 40 seconds of uptime, it feels like. Yeah, it's not. Or a lot. It's, it, I think it's closer to like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's decent up to, but like the start is thirty seconds, and they're gone for half the time, and they come back for like twenty seconds, and then you do the last mechanic, and you're killing them, right? Yeah, we had something so, similar. And- our, our ninja only crit one Hyosho on a point one percent wipe or a point three percent wipe, and then he crit three of them on our kill. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying, Sly? Yeah, I was going to ask you about how do y'all feel about the uh, the actual downtime. In not only just the phase, but in in terms of the fight itself, much needed, I think, with how fast it goes. I appreciate the downtimes a lot. So, on one hand, I think most people agree that they're really tired of the boss going away every time there's like something happening, and then coming back and doing nothing for thirty seconds, and then going away. You know, like trio, basic trio stuff. So. There's, there are actually a lot of mechanics in this fight where the boss is actually still there while you're doing the mechanics, like all of part one and part three and some of part two, right? Which I think is awesome. I really like that. And there's a DPS check at the same time. It's, it's, that's exactly what I wanted. But there are still mechanics where the boss trio jumps away, like Suki said. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like in, like, in top downtime, it's not really, you know, downtime. I mean, you're still doing stuff. You're just not hitting the boss. Like, there's still, like, 
mechanics and stuff, and there's still stuff to work out, but it's not like other Ultimates where it's just the boss going away and, you know, transition, cinematic transition and things like that. So I feel like you were well occupied even within the downtime. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, cause realistically in phase two, your only downtime is party synergy and the downtime going from phase two into phase three is not significant by that much of a measure. Um, mm-hmm. and then from that point on, I mean, you just get a, some downtime in the trios and then it's, 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 it just really depends on how you feel about the specific timings of them. Cause what really sucks is when they do them relative to, I guess, important things on a per job basis. Like if I'm a bar, like DSR's downtime on Bard was god awful. It was the worst experience I've ever had. And a big reason as to why it was not a consideration for Omega Protocol before, you know, doing it. Uh, and yeah. And I think it's pretty yeah. well known that Bard is is a lot of headache for not a lot of uh, benefit right now. <laughs> hey, Nature's Min buff was pretty good, but Machinists got Dismantle and Dancers always had Improv and Curing Waltz, so still an easy choice. Also, the flexibility of your buff window, especially in Phases 1 and 2, oh, just just being able to do a tech step and just wait. 10 seconds and then throw it out at the start of phase two. And oh, it's just, I love things. I love being able to do that. There's, there's so much that you can do. And same with machinist machinist just goes when it wants to go. And that's all there is to it. So hit the gas, hit the yep. gas. Yeah. Just, jobs that can save for the next phase are actually huge in this fight. Yeah. That's uh it's brutal, but party synergy, despite being downtime, as chat said, doesn't feel like downtime because of how strict <laughs> the movement is. Well, so the reason the reason why I think it's like the hardest mechanic, at least for me, is that you have so much information coming out all at the same time right at the start. You have to think about whether you're left or right, whether you're triangle or square or cross or circle, uh, so, uh, blades or staff, sword or shield, which direction the eyeball is in and what kind of tether that you have. And you have to perceive all of that information in about two and a half seconds because it starts so fast that you don't have time to just sit there and look at everything one at a time. You have to look at it all at the start. Right. I actually disagree. I think that mechanic you should be looking at it one at a time. Just like start with your shape and side and then do the MNF mechanic and then find the eye and then go to your spot. And if you try to do everything at once and you'll make more mistakes than you would I if guess you just stop one step at a time. I- well, I guess when I say everything at once, I mean like in a in a space of less than a couple seconds, like you know. Yeah. Obviously, you can only perceive things one at a time, like physically, but. Uh, yeah, it, I, might, I guess it must be all in a row. Draw the comparison when you get to trio two, which is the other mechanic I mentioned. You don't have to think about the towers or anything too much right away. You just get the shape and line up. You wait a few seconds, then you get the markers over your head. So you know where to go. Then the towers show up and you can check the two spots to line. Like you don't have to be able to tell where you're going to take your tower the second you get like a PlayStation marker. Whereas here, the second you get the PlayStation marker, you're already like just plotting the whole path of everything you need to do up to and through the end. So exactly. Yeah. So I know I I totally get what you mean. That's a, that's a classic Final Fantasy 14 mechanic. Where 
you know, a, a, a Final Fantasy XIV mechanic standard design. It's like, that's this mechanic, you know, it has like a lot of debuffs and it works in a certain way, but like, I'm the tank. I'm going to have one of these two things I'm going to do. And that guy's the DPS. He's going to have one of these two other things he's going to do. But the fact of this fight is just full send on RNG. Like, There's a lot know, of copium yeah. with those tethers. Did you guys try to think if they were baited on specific people because of DSR? No. Not uh, we, actually, for Sigma, I guess, walking ahead, I thought they would be baited on, like, the squares would always get nothing. One of the squares would get nothing. The first time we saw it. But that doesn't, it's just all RNG. It's full oh, RNG. The, the shapes? Yeah, for shapes for Sigma, let's get ahead. I, I think by the time we got to Sigma, we were, we were beaten upside the head enough to not be expecting things to be patterned at all. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think at that point, uh, we were like, we don't plan for anything that we don't see. <laughs> no matter what, because we wasted a lot of time making strats on mechanics that we saw once, and then they worked a completely different way. That's kind of what happened to us with Pantacrator. We ended up doing what I'll call vanilla Pantacrator throughout all of Prague, in that we basically did the exact same positioning for uh, Ultimate Pantacrator as uh, as Savage Pantacrator for the ver- for the lasers at the end. I mean specifically, um, so. And I feel like we could have probably had a better strategy for that. I think the static positions isn't is, that uh, just what you do. I, I'm not sure I follow. Uh, well, so in in the original, it's the nearest people bait the lasers, and then the tanks just oh. do the the tank busters. Here, it's the tanks are the further the, the furthest people bait the tank busters, and the other six lasers are all RNG amongst the non tanks. So you can just set up static position. That's what that's what most people are doing now. They just set up static positions and just get to a clock spot basically, and and just make sure the tanks are stacked up with invulns. So there's tons of space. Oh, I think we did the thing where the people at the beams are like switching in and out of the intercardinal yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I think that's what we did the whole time. Also, we we didn't stack up our tanks either. Yeah, well, it's pretty much the same. I think we eventually started doing it. But we never, we never did static. We always just kept doing an east-west-south kind of laser okay. spread. Did people just stack up tanks immediately from the mechanic? Or was it like yeah. later on? Because it was pretty quick. People started doing it. The way I say it is that you want to save tank invulns for something important later on to see more. Because like I, I don't want my um, we had a paladin machine. I didn't want to use hologram unless like you know we're gonna die and want to see more mechanics. Mm-hmm. So I think for prog, it's actually important not to have your tanks use invulns if it can be possible, just so you can see more stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tank invulns are like you're clutching that shit close to your chest, like my precious. Yeah. I need Not this. I yeah, need, I I'm think saving we, we this started. We started without invuln on the. Well, we, I mean, the first time just getting through it, like, hey, we just want to see phase two more, you know, invulning it, but. Uh, after that, we went to not invulning it until we realized we weren't going to use invulns again until phase five. After we used them in wherever, and yeah. then we went back to doing it. So. But yeah, having the invul, although with twice come ruin, you might feel slightly, I guess, pushed away from even thinking of saving because until you know whether or not something has twice come ruin or thrice come ruin or whatever, it it loses a bit of its luster. Which I kind of am glad. It's, tank invulns have been kind of disgusting for a long time. So that's the big thing, though, is that it only has to accidentally work one time <laughs> for you to get all the information. It's true. So. It That's only true. has to work once. If you just rip it, if you save an invul and rip it on the prog point every single time, eventually one of those times that tank is going to randomly survive with his hallowed ground still up and you're going to see what happens next, right? Yeah. So, very important. And then you'll know if, if the strat that you're learning now even works for the part after that. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. But yeah, really you're going to really see important. a lot of tank involving. I've seen a ton of tank involving for those that phase one stuff and then not having it for, cause some people use it in phase two just for the busters there. I mean, it's really the only other good place to use it for a while anyway. So, uh, yeah. I think the only reason that we, I guess, I guess the only reason that we use it specifically on the solar rays is because you guys on use the everything on the pet pit, right? On the beetle, if you use your two-minute tank cooldown exactly one second after the fourth guided missile hits, it lasts for four out of the five hits of the beam, and if you hold your DPS until the very end, then it comes back up for the tether like one second before. So you can technically get it on both things, but it's Mm kind of tight. Yeah. Uh, now, you talked about how you thought party synergy was one of the hardest. I'd also assume on the flip side that you find Limitless to be one of the easiest. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Limitless is just kind of brain-off mechanic. The whole time we were progging it, and then the whole time we were progging the phase after that and the phase after that, we were all looking at that mechanic with a magnifying glass, like, the secret must be here. We're clearly not <laughs> doing this correctly. This is just a bunch of AoEs happening in, around us, and nothing. we don't have to do anything about it. This must be where the secret is. <laughs> Somebody, I remember seeing a, a Discord message that was a screenshot of the Dynamis buff that comes from Phase 5. And it was somebody saying, you're supposed to get this in Phase 2. <laughs> I was just like, what? It was coming from, like, I don't know. It was just in, in a Discord. Because it was an in-game. Like, somebody had it on their, their buff and debuff list. So it was... It was from someone who had seen it, because we were just getting to Phase 5 around that time. And I was just hearing that it's like, ah, oh, this is supposed to be from Phase 2. And uh. I was like, where? <laughs> where? And then I started looking at Limitless like, <laughs> what can we do? To- Maybe we have to cleave both M&F with the Blade Dances and oh, the Bard man. LB to give them power. <laughs> we like, tried that. We tried, tried that. Yeah. We tried, uh, oh we tried using Limit Break on the F while she was in Vuln. <laughs> was was like a frustrating thing experience for me, but I guess we can, I think we should talk about that when we get there, right? Yeah. Uh, the blue screen, there's so much about blue screen you can talk about. Yeah, that mechanic, it's, it's uh, all blue. Limitless was, discussion is actually blue yeah. screen discussion. Yeah, Limitless is blue screen pretty much. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, cause I mean, it's, it's where's the puzzle? That's everyone just wants not, to figure not, out. Where it's, the what I will say about Limitless, uh, synergy is that it just, it stands out like really badly. It's, it's so strange. It's so weird. Well, how do the it's flares just, do so the little? The flares do, like, not that much damage. The pile pitch mechanic, like, kind of just passively happens around you. The barred LB mechanic kind of just, like, passively happens around you for the most part. Everything, it's just like a bunch of random AoEs that don't really fit together. It's really weird. Yeah, I will the say Bard LB was the, the most... Yep. So glad. I was going to say, the barred LB was super weird to me. It's just, like... It's completely random. There's like one in 32 chance where you just get completely yep. fucked, right? Because it goes right down the middle of yep. the... <laughs> <laughs> and then you can't do anything about it. It's one in 32. Like, it's like 30... Like, yeah, it's just, it just happens. You're just like, all right, pull again. You can't really do anything about it. It happens so rarely, but... That Bartleby was so weird to me. I feel the same way. That's what I was going to say. Just sometimes you just... It just sucks. And most of the you time better... it doesn't. You better hope your tank's angles are good so you get that one little pixel strip down the left and right if he shoots down the center. We started stacking up everyone, including the tanks, at the start. Because even if it was the bad pattern, we could ensure that there was something that was open. That was like our only way 
of, of well, the like, thing the it. thing about uh stacking up is if you think about it no matter where you decide to stack up there's always a chance that the bard spawns directly yeah. behind where you're stacking up so it's kind of like yeah it's kind of like what what can you really do about it there's always the chance that the bard spawns directly behind you and you're shooting straight through the middle no matter where you stand so it's toxic so it's the one, it's the most toxic thing about Limitless. But what's another fun little bit about Limitless is going back to the topic of DPS and how influential it is phase to phase. After you have dealt with Cosmo memory and you're just at the point where you're finishing the boss health bar for the phase, it is the biggest valley in terms of like what the fight's asking you to do at any given time until the very end, ironically enough. But it is also just as stressful as doing an actual mechanic because you're thinking about how fast is she dying? How many things can I save? You know, do we need to, when do we need to <laughs> yeah. stop? Exactly. I'm sure everyone had their own way of telling how low the boss is. Like I looked at the, the W in the word shower and see if we had a certain percent at this point, we're good. If we're not, then we're gonna, you know, we're behind. I'm sure everyone had their own special way to see if they're behind or ahead or something like that. Yeah. So it's weird to just have a health bar and a cast bar, even when you are beating it, to be like the main mechanic of Limitless. <laughs> it's like the actual true mechanic of Limitless is how do I save Gage? And then you get yeah. to save it for phase three, which the only real transition, I'd say it's it's the only like like UCOB style transition or I guess T style transition of any yeah, of the phases. I was going to say that. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not very hard. It's just... Rough, it's baby rough flames. No, we saw the debuffs and we instantly knew, oh, this is like rough flames, <laughs> except nothing's happening at the same time. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mark, mark the guys, please. All right. But Let's I go. do want to ask how many people during any various pulls did just forget about the rings when they first got there? <laughs> like the first few times there. First few times, uh, several times happened to a lot of people, but my people got used to it eventually. I think after, I think we actually, after like maybe the fifth or sixth time doing that, I don't think we we only wiped to it maybe t- two times after that for the entire rest of the prog. It's really simple. Yeah, yeah it's just weird. It's it's because DSR doesn't have any fantastic transitions either. I, in fact, it's Nidhog comes down, blasts you in the face, and it's really I guess the only transition until Dragon King, which does the repeated bleeds. That's it. I guess if you want to consider the rewind a transition, I, I guess I don't know. I don't know where you stand uh, on that. It's arbitrary, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but then you go into phase three, and while I don't think phase three is the hardest, it's one of my favorite uses of what the boss is iconic for in such a short period of time. Because they clearly knew the only things that people would think about a lot. Like, people, they knew people would think about everything that happens in Final Omega, and that plays a part later. But the two most important things that were like, here they are. <laughs> I like how he, he spawns and does Hello World and then and then basically just dies. Does the screen mechanic and then just dies. <laughs> I actually really like the Hello World mechanic. I love the dance. It's just, you know, it's just one big dance and everyone's like kind of switching partners just over and over again. And I just like seeing it played out is very fun. And But it got boring after like, the, I don't know, 10th time maybe. There's not anything extra happening, just the same dance over and over again, so it got boring eventually. Red defamation, thought, red defamation, red defamation. <laughs> I, call, yeah. 
I thought it was or, or in their case, blue defamation, blue defamation, <laughs> blue defamation. On their I clear was... blue defamation. Yeah. <laughs> Defamations are blue. I thought it was kind of interesting how it's four cycles of the mechanic, but they made three of them exactly the same. I thought they would have. I was kind of hoping they would have made it so each one was just slightly different, kind of like how the fourth one is slightly different from the first three, where the green tether has to go to a different place to not get hit by the thing. Yeah. I kind of wish they did that for all four of them, because I think that would have made it... I think most people agree that the Hello World mechanic is actually like a lot easier than what people were expecting it to be, Yeah. because it's just the same thing three times in a row, which is kind of strange. It stands out. Well, one thing that tends to happen with giant debuff vomits is sometimes less is more and more is less. When you are given four or five debuffs at the same time and you understand what all of them do, the mechanics tend to solve themselves because exactly. there's only there's no other logical way to resolve these kinds of things. And then you just see it's a pattern and you do it several times back to back. So I I, I expected it, but I still just love that they took... This this was for me the most clear understanding of what the most iconic mechanics are from this fight, and just saying like, they're here they are at the same time. Good luck. I think they could have spiced it up with with something as simple as, you know how on the first very first set the two people with the Christmas tether are also the ones with the blue DNA that make it so you have to gate by the defamation. Mm-hmm. They could have done the same thing where on the second set one of the people with the blue tether also has that blue DNA and the other one doesn't and one person with a green tether has a second longer blue DNA so now you have to have one blue guy and one green guy and you know and that pattern could have changed for each set of tethers and it would have made them all slightly it's like still the same mechanic but you would have had more like RNG involved which would have fit with the rest of the fight I think yeah, but I also think with how brutal a lot of that stuff is in the rest of the fight, it's probably better that they didn't. <laughs> it, that's that's like the pipe dream of like, man, how can I make this even harder? But also, the, in the whole picture, if it was like that, <sighs> I don't know. I think I think a lot of people actually agree that Hello World's one of the easier parts of the whole it fight. Is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's uh, the hardest thing is remembering where defamation is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And oh, that's, that's the only RNG. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I love it. I love that that encapsulates the whole phase because it is at the end of the day also one giant uptime mechanic, mid check, heal check. It's just, it's all, it's all condensed into this one big 90 second dance. I love that it's a full uptime too. It actually forces you because it's not an easy defense check either, right? Right. T3. So being full uptime while doing all the mechanics really like, I think if it was more complicated than it would, it couldn't be uptime just because, like, there's just so much happening already. Like, the fact that it's simple is important because you can keep uptime full, fully. And if you're, if you're starting to think too much about debuffs and stuff, then you won't meet the DPS check at that point. Right. So I actually yeah, I appreciate that it's not that complicated. It's kind of simple. So everyone can just keep damaging the boss. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, that's how I feel about it too, and I mean it, the whole phase is not like anything gets more complicated after that either. The the monitors though were a big trip up going into the last part because um, oh, I, I think it was a gut check of how many people actually knew how they worked in O twelve, and then also a huge like space check, you know, 
I love the monitor mech. I think it's one of the, my favorite mechs in this whole fight, the way they did it. Yeah. Big fan of it. Hmm. Sly, how intimately aware, like, I, how much, I don't know how much research you did into the fight before the show, cause, um, I, I know Well, before the fight, stuff. like, in general, I, I knew quite a bit about the fight before, uh, Top came out, like, just, you know, final, like, 012 Omega. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I knew I knew a bit about it, and it was it was kind of it was kind of good to see monitors come back in the way that it did, and and I, I agreed like the way they utilized it was was pretty pretty unique. Um, yeah, so like again, I don't like I dread the day I fucking do this, but you um, why? I genuinely think all the teams that did it first are, it's going to be like, ooh, not entirely like, ooh, it's a lot harder than, ooh, but the teams that did it first uh, are the ones that are going to have the, the roughest time. Um, it is a, once it's unraveled, you kind of just, it, it's, it's how well can you read check? <laughs> kind of, <laughs> I suppose. How, how well did you understand the guide? How well did you understand what the debuffs did? It's, it's, it's an information check that, does not have an easy execution check like Uwu. So it's just a lot of the work being done matters more here, I think, personally. You think so? I think, I think I so. Because. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I mean, I look at, I look at the mechanics. And again, we keep saying they're all easy to understand. And in a lot of encounters, like with DSR, I mean, how, how rough was Towers on Nidhogg? Second phase for so many people to both understand how it worked initially. And to be able to keep the attention to execute it in the middle of dealing with that phase versus anything that's in top. From a, from a personal standpoint, I just don't like anything with, you know, vomit on top of DPS. Like mechanic, like rot mechanic vomit and tether vomit on top of like, you know, do damage. Like I just fucking hate it. I, I it, it eventually gets done, but I fucking hate it. Just be glad I'm not binding you in place like in Rubicante as a dragoon. It's like, oh, he loved he like jumps. That's funny. That's wow. That's that's fascinating. I don't that think they would ever do that in Ultimate. I, if they I, do that I in really Ultimate, don't. I'm going to be livid, and I don't even play yeah. dragoon. <laughs> when you bind people for like jumps and stuff, you, you definitely, you right. definitely you wouldn't be getting jumps. stunned every time you get tank busted in yeah. Dragon Song. <laughs> 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 Ah, <laughs> uh, it's not uh, like I, the I, I love being that. stunned when when Thornton comes back. That's my favorite. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, that's uh oh boy, that's that's a time. Uh yeah, no, I hope I hope they don't do that. No, I don't no, genuinely I think that the people doing it first are going to have the hardest the hardest time. I do think that you're going to see a, a lower success rate than DSR across a lot of mm-hmm. groups until 6.5. I think the damage check being as real as it is is going to make the gear set that comes from the dungeon in that patch um, more valued. I also think the pots in 6.4 and the food in 6.4 are going to have a significant uptick of success, especially with the first phase. That's going to be huge for just the mm. first phase in general, which, as we said, cascades to every other one. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't think it's. I don't think this is a fight to be afraid of. I think DSR is a fight to be afraid of. I don't think this one is, personally. I eventually have to do that shit too. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah, no, be afraid of that one, Sly. But this one, I'm telling yeah. you, I think you'll be all right. Yeah, but getting, but getting back to the fight. So, um, uh, any, any final thoughts about phase, phase three before we, we hop into phase four? Because I, 
I really want to get your your takes on phase four when you first got to it, when it first happened. Oh, um, right. There is one thing for phase three, Sly. That okay, fucking auto attack until they fixed it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, fucking auto attack. So, How did you guys handle it? We yeah, actually yeah, covered one person, Bennied one person, LD, I'm sorry, not LD'd, uh, TBN'd one person, and Benison the same person, so they had max health coming out of the phase before. And then one person didn't do anything, that would be me, and then we just full healed as much as we could. <laughs> uh, we, we had the problem to where our ninja would just get auto attacked, you know, constantly, and then like, I, I don't know if this is actually the way you're supposed to do it, but I'm just like, just everyone go behind the boss as soon as the face bends, because two auto attack needs to turn around first. So that during that turnaround animation, Narc invoked the boss and make sure it auto attacks him, and we never had that problem again, so I think, yeah. uh, we, we, we had the we ninja had. stand at the wall behind the boss, and he got autoed without the boss even moving. <laughs> really? We've never had someone uh, get autoed no, behind the boss. Had so that. Yeah. That's we were lucky that we had Snap Ringer Map Enjoyer, who knows how overworld mob aggro works. Because he, he, I think he, he said that right away. Like, stay far away and behind him. He's like a, he's like an overworld mob. Yeah, it's uh, that auto bug. It's, so it's, it's nice would, to see uh, that it was a bug, though. <laughs> I would. Uh, I, I, I wonder how that up. went through, like you know, QA and stuff, right? Like, they just while well, they were playtesting this. We already know they're better than us after Abyssos, so why? It's the same thing. <laughs> they just did it. <laughs> we were uh, the way. Yeah, the boss would specifically wail on the ninja every single time. At first, I was like, I was like begging everyone, please don't hit him when he's targetable. Like, please just let me hit him first, please. And then there's some people like, Narlock, are you not doing the fastest thing you can for a little bit? And then, and then we realized like, oh, wait a minute. The boss hit someone before the first person even queued their first GCD. So this is clearly a problem. Yep. yep. Uh, and he would always hit the ninja. He would, so what we did was we would, I would go up underneath the boss in front of him and I would have the other tank also do it with me, you know, just in case, because he can live in auto. And everyone else would go to the wall all the way behind them. And so it's not that this stopped people from getting aggro because a good 60% of the time, maybe, he would spawn, immediately run, whip around, run all the way to the wall, and then turn back to me. <laughs> it's so funny because people would be so horrified every single time. Mostly me. I think I was the one, I was more scared of it, and I wasn't even the one who was dying to it. But especially the ninja. He hated our ninja. So sometimes we would start Hello World with the boss literally mashed all the way up against one of the walls and the other side couldn't get melee up time because he ran to the wall trying to hit someone at the start. Yep, that all sounds familiar. And there's what nothing an experience. worse than when Phase 3 is your prog point, you're so excited to be there again. And then... <laughs> pff, and then and then even worse is the person tries to get up too quick, so they're off the... like They're, they're like in that res animation where you can't get any debuffs from Hello World. No, Hello World still gives debuffs. That, no, so, but if you're in, if you're in the, yeah, if you're dead, it'll still give you debuffs, but if you res and you're like in that kind of limbo in between, it doesn't. I did not know that. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. The same thing happens, yeah. um, if you die during, uh, critical error, I think this is some, something similar, or yeah, later, the same thing happens. You can, you can, well, no, actually, that's only if you're alive. So you just need to make sure you don't res until after critical error is cast. So, yeah, it's, uh, 
Motherfucker. <laughs> I don't think we ever had that happen to us where someone dodged the Hello World debuffs, thankfully. Yeah, I didn't do it all. Did he dodge any other buffs while you were there? <laughs> no, actually, I don't think... I think Suki said there was a couple times where he was like... I noticed a card would apply to someone during that mech. I'm just like... I, maybe I just forgot I never gave him a card. So I just... I, I didn't even think about the... Uh, the max debuff thing, you know, max buff count. It's not something we ever thought about in a prog, funny enough. And I think we were asking, um, like, theorizing why we switched from Dancer to Machinist was because of that, because the debuff stuff, we just switched it because more damage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed that the main thing that issue comes from is Sage, mostly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sage specifically, like dance, dancer is like, oh, you know, they give themselves a lot of buffs, but Sage is the real issue there because Sage gives everyone a lot of buffs. Every single button that a Sage has is at least two buffs at the same time, so it's it's problematic right there. Yeah, I wonder if and when they uh, address it. I think it's worth addressing in some capacity. They they used to have this issue with debuffs back in 2.0. They raised it to 60 in 2.1, so. This is a this is not an, a new issue. It's an old issue that's just coming back. Very old issue. Was an issue that DRS too, already? Right? Yeah, DRS. yeah, and Eureka also. People actually abuse it in Eureka. Yes, because they still haven't fixed it, so I don't know if they will even this time. Yeah, you can use sacrifice to res someone, and it gives you doom and kills you, right? But you can literally stand there and buff cap yourself, and then res someone with sacrifice, and you won't get doom because you're capped. Right? Yep, yep. I'm I'm aware of that. DRS is the worst because um, people sometimes dodged like reflects when you're supposed to be reflecting for the mechanics. Uh, and that's not that, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> very not good. Oh man. I've wow. definitely dodged my riddle of fire a few times. Yeah. That's, that's no bueno. Uh, well, so this bring, brings us into uh phase four. Um, it was funny seeing, Pretty much teams get the phase four immediately and see the, uh, the wave cannon AOEs and see them handle it for the first time. And I mean, after that, uh, how do you, after that, like from a visual standpoint, let's just outside looking in, this appears to be one of the, I don't want to say simpler phases, but when it gets broken down, it appears so on the outside looking in. Maybe I'm wrong. How how would y'all feel about this? Uh, this phase? I mean, you just spread then stack then spread then stack then spread then stack and then hit the boss the whole time. So that's all it is. Yeah. And the hard part is, the, you know, the stacks aren't on the same group, and you have to kind of adjust. Mm-hmm. And the uh, in and out ring, you have to walk in, walk out, walk in. Those are the it's two just, parts that probably killed most people. Otherwise, other than that, it's very simple. Yeah. It's just yeah. a choke check. Yeah, it is a choke check. Yeah, just as long as you know what you're doing, you're fine. It's I. It's actually my favorite phase, collectively. I mean, it's 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 really not a phase. Like everyone got into calling it a phase, but it's not. It's a train. It is. It I call it a transition like, too. It's like eyes. It's like yeah. eyes, but shorter in a sense. You know, it's, it's it's like barely even a phase all in of itself. Um, I so eat. Truth, Good. Truth be told, that animation. So for those who don't know, the spread uh, animation is the tank buster animation from. The original fight. It's the when he does the the one where it targets one of the two tanks, then blasts them in the face with the giant laser. This is that eight times. One of my favorite sound effects and like this. It's just this huge bassy hit. That's just like it. Just it. it it's like heavy. 
like swaying down on you. And I love the franticness of this spread stack because it is. It's not a, it's not like a, a super generous spread stack. It's not a super strict one either, but it's just so fast and, and frantic all while that boss health bar is just tanking the whole time. I love it. I love the way this phase feels to do. And, um, now I know, uh, both of you said you feel like it's a, it, it's a transition more than anything. Was this kind of your, um, even though not really zoning out, but just zoning out and kind of prepping for phase five, was, was this kind of like where you could, you know, just, you know, was it free? Well, personally, no. no, I, no, not really. But because there's a, there's a, there's a plenty long cut scene right after that to, to zone out, so. Okay. Get, this, like, this, I think this transition you're gonna be zoned in and do as much damage as possible, you know? Yeah, Cause... yeah, that was, that was the don't choke check. I was full focus trying not to choke. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you kill him, you get like a good 12 seconds or something to just like sit there and think and do nothing, so it's, it's chill after that. Okay. Some chill for me on Dancer. Cause I had and to, th- I had the partner change going into phase four, save a standard at the end of the previous phase, then save a standard at the end of this one to partner check again to somebody else. And if I don't do the partner check and the standard step within the first like two seconds, then I start losing, I potentially lose a standard at that phase. So like I have to go, go, go pretty much the whole time. So yeah. Not, not as chill for me. <laughs> it never was Couldn't chill. be me. <laughs> oh, but it's so it's what's hilarious though is not any of the things that it, it actually wants you to do it's what everyone thought it wanted you to do <laughs> or tried to figure out what it oh, was yeah. it wanted oh yeah oh here we do. go all right is the key do you have the do you have the checklist for uh blue screen yep <laughs> i don't have the checklist but there was a lot of tinfoil being thrown around like what can this be what what is this did you, Honestly, ever, did you ever land on it's called blue screen and the tank is blue on the party list, so it must be a tank I, I do. Zep always says stuff oh. like that when this happens. <laughs> <laughs> He's the biggest tinfoiler of all of us, I think. Honestly, like when, blue, when I saw blue screen, the first thing I thought was damage check immediately. I thought it was 49% because we died to like 60%, so I'm like, oh, 49% is easy. We just put 49%. Oh my. We got 49%, and then phase, it just kept going. MT was getting so pissed. I was getting frustrated because I kept saying, it's lower, 39%. I kept saying lower, lower, lower. No one believed me, and everyone just started like, I get him to 49%, maybe it's just a, a DPS check, and then we would get there, and, and then Siki would be like, alright, maybe it's 39%, let's get him to that, and then we would get there, and nothing happened, and Siki would be like, maybe it's 29%, and MT would be like, when time. does this end? I, I didn't let up on the defense check, I wish I pushed a little harder so we didn't waste so much time I, I, testing I was, other stuff. I was with you there the yeah, whole time. Yeah, was the only so. one with me on damage check. <laughs> I, I just like you know I, I kept pushing for the next ten percent. It worked, so like I, I was starting to lose confidence. But the whole time, I, I just wanted us to keep pushing damage. It, keep pushing I wasn't, damage. No I wasn't ready to rule it out until we at least saw what a good run looked like, right? And then we saw a good run could could easily get below nineteen percent. And I was like, well, let's at least try that, right? If it gets to the point where we're sitting here grinding out crits trying to get nine percent, like that's not going to happen. It's not going below nineteen. <laughs> there was one pull we got to twenty percent, and it was depressing because like if we just got that one extra percent, we would have found out right there that pull. But we did not, so we spent another I don't know one or two lockouts just trying other things. We could have saved like you know four hours trying random stuff if we just got that nineteen percent that pull, that one percent was so much. 
that's where I started seeing the things about like, there's something you gotta do in phase two or, okay. So we did have one major tinfoil theory. Um, I, but for, for that, I think the most common one was needing to bring enough debuffs in from phase three. I think that was the one I yep. saw the most publicly. So, yeah. That's another I, thing we were doing. So I want to real quick rewind when you were talking about things that you have to do earlier to set up for things later with like regards to debuffs and things. I know a bunch of, I don't think I, I really was thinking about it a bunch, but I know a bunch of people were thinking about how it was so suspicious that the debugger immunities you get from Hello World have no timer on them. Just like, uh, mm-hmm. the Garuda debuffs, right? Yep. So everyone's thinking maybe you have to bring these later somehow because they're permanent debuffs that don't go away and have no timer, right? And that was before we killed the blue screen. And when blue screen happens, it takes them all away. But we didn't know that, right? We thought they were permanent. So, yeah, because I was, think that the was way a they, big tinfoil. I think the way the game is programmed is they don't go away till Final Omega is dead, but he doesn't actually die when you finish Phase Three. He, he kind of like stops at one and then goes back to full when he does. Developer his, uh, confirmed not an extra phase. There, there you have it. There you go. Um, but yeah, I, I think ours was so we noticed that he was falling apart. And we were like, oh, you have to hold DPS and push him so that he falls apart in <laughs> yeah, the middle tried, of the we cast. Tried, we tried that, too. We tried, we try getting, well, we tried to do no HP. damage. Yeah, We tried to do zero damage, but then our dots stayed on from P3. If you put dots at the end of P3, it'll stay on P4. So we're like, okay, this can't be it. That's, that's, that'd be dumb if it was do zero damage. It was an interesting thought, too. Like, just we do no damage. We not doing any damage. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we know, we, when we were seeing clips of people who were there before, we saw like around 70%, like his rings would fall off or yeah. something. Like, so we were like, oh, you have to break him when he starts casting it to interrupt it. Then you got, so it's a big damage, like hold check instead. It's like a time uh, we, damage check. I think we saw right away it wasn't damage based. No, but we, that's uh, still, that's, <laughs> that's what we but saw. I could definitely see how that would be something that you would do if you didn't notice that right away. Mm-hmm. But speaking of those infinite blue debuff timers, I think there's a lot of things going to stay deliberately to throw you off on that mech. Infinite debuffs, and also uh, the red debuff, the stack one. In O12S, it's only two person. If you have a third person there, it won't do anything to the third person. And this one, it actually affects three people. So it's like, uh, maybe they want you to do something with this. But I think they did do some deliberate changes just to throw you off. But I guess it wasn't enough, maybe. Yeah, it's, uh, that's, oh, and then there was, of course, the, you have to bring the er- the critical error bug into that phase to, to, <laughs> to give it to him, but so he can't blue screen. And so, yeah, someone recommended that too. I, I, I shut that down instantly. There was no we, way. We, I think we knew that wasn't, because yeah. if you get, yeah. if you get a overflow from critical error, monitors, it goes yeah. off at the exact same time as monitors, and there's just simply no way to survive that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, that was, that was blue I think, screen. I think the dumbest thing we tried was killing F while she was invincible. We thought maybe there was like, you could just kill her anyways. <laughs> that had to be the worst thing that we tried. That was, uh, yeah, that was, we were getting real desperate. I think Raimi's, what Raimi said was, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Hold on, let me go get a new barrel. <laughs> Cause we're out of this one. Oh my god. What the, a, the hardest yeah. part about all that tinfoiling about the blue screen was the fact that everything before that is so simple besides Hello World. Like, this, there's nothing you can mess with besides, like, trying st- st- really stupid shit on Limitless Synergy and then, like, 
messing with Hello World a little bit, but but not really because there's not much you can change, right? Yeah. So we were at the bottom of the barrel immediately, <laughs> like right off the bat, we were really scraping. I mean, I thought it was a deep pistol the whole time because this phase reminded me of uh, the first time we got to the transmission transition the the Hoshman phase in DSR. But, like, the first time we got there, a lot of people were like, this DPS check is impossible. We're missing something, right? Because hitting it 29%. The first time we got there, we got to, like, 69%. It was, like, people were like, no, this is impossible. There's no way we'll ever make this check, but we're missing something. But it's just a DPS check there, too, right? Mm-hmm. So th- th- this phase reminded me of that a lot. Just, just hit the boss, that's it, and you'll beat it. I feel like uh, we should, everyone should have learned, from, like, stuff in DSR where everyone's like, this is an impossible check. Even Nidhogg, people are like, uh, you have to maybe all beat three the less is impossible, right? But now you see people breezing through with these. I think it's just like yeah. a comfortable, comfortable check and think going forward is something people should consider as well. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I remember amongst the tinfoil hats was someone just saying it's probably not a 0% HP check. They did, they, nobody, nobody ever predicted what the percent would be, but they're like, Oh, for sure. Someone checked right away. And I think the conclusion was that. The boss during blue screen has exactly enough health that you would need a full two-minute opener, the same amount of DPS you do on the opener of the beetle, and he still has exactly enough HP to tank an LB3 as well after that to get him to zero. Mm -hmm. So you would have to end the previous phase with full opener and LB3, and we were like, ah, it's not happening. (laughs) One or the other, because it's very viable to LB3 phase 3 and do twos in phase uh, 4 or the other. You can't save both. It's too much. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you probably could if you're a cracked Giga Gamer, you know. 4 and 6.5 with the extra 5 Unrealistic. And the pots. Yeah. But not now. Yeah, probably then, yeah. Yeah. Um, But after all that. Right away, it's not zero. Yeah, zero would have been yeah. insane. One time, so one time we forgot to LB3 and we got him to 21% and we were like, oh, we were like, man, why was that so ridiculous? And then someone went, I forgot to LB3. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, we were, we were gaming then. And we're not enough, but, I don't think, know. I don't think we ever had him that low. That would have been, like, I think 12% after LB3. I don't think we ever got him lower than 14. Yeah. I think we had, low, we had 13. Yeah, yeah. That I've never seen. I was shocked at how close we were to passing it when I realized we had not LB3'd at all. Um, but yeah, something like 12 or 13 percent was and the lowest we ever saw with. Yeah. Dancer, dancer, dip. dude. I had I had 100 gauge and four feathers as often as I could coming into a phase. As anytime I could, if the feathers were cooperating. Did you guys any split any twos like these same twos to like you know some people use twos on P3, some people P4. No, we, um, the only thing we did was if we were behind on F for whatever reason, we sent them Bolden. That was it on, on M and F in phase two. That was the only time we ever split them. That was our, I think, uh, we really yeah. need to make it. Let's just throw that out there. I think our machinist was holding all this stuff, I think wildfire on P4 and stuff. So we had some desync there, but I think, I think it was designed for people to desync their twos because of the timing of Delta and how all twos come up at that point again. So, like, resyncs automatically. So, I think they probably designed it in a way that they're expecting people to desync twos. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Now, we get to one of my favorite moments and my favorite phases in the fight, just from a viewer standpoint. Phase five. Now, if anybody hasn't seen 
Happy's perspective when he first gets to phase five. It's just, I kind of think of it as the duality of man because it just goes from confusion to aha to, to confusion. To laughter. And then sheer laughter after, after, after all that. Um, yeah, when you, when you first get to phase five, uh, the, the damage, the, the damage that Delta version put out just Kills. like, just Jesus Christ. What did y'all, what did y'all think when you first? Oh my God. Phase I five? almost died to that. We told, we just died instantly <laughs> to that. Our tanks are alive, fortunately, so we saw some of them. Uh, I, I think it got down died. to like 10% HP and I was the tank. It almost killed me. <laughs> For a second, I'm like, this hits way too hard, but then I looked at the numbers and I'm like, okay, no, this is livable with uh, mitigation. Yeah, we just uh, yeah. we lost everyone but the tanks, pretty much. I know, I think one of the melees might have lived, but I, either way, it wasn't it wasn't pretty. Riddle of Earth difference. This, this phase, this is kind of what I mean by there's a lot of there's a lot of storytelling and and lore and cinematics and just even just the first attack. The first attack, the player knows. That it, if you were to take away all the asterisks and everything, that it would say run Dynamis Delta version. But Omega doesn't know that it's Dynamis, so he can't, he, it, well, it's not just going to spell it out because he doesn't know what it is. He's just like, what the heck is this thing? Just run whatever this is. And so I like that, the detail that it never outright says run Dynamis for any of his attacks because he doesn't conceptually understand it enough to just run it as a program. I felt kind of stupid. I didn't. I didn't understand until someone told me that. Yeah, I didn't understand at all what that meant. I just thought it was just like you no know, bugging out. Like it was another mechanic, another fight that had like the buggy uh, text cast bars. I forgot which fight. Maybe it's a different. It was um, MSQ. Like yeah. the whole end of the MSQ. They just yeah, yeah, that was yeah. sent the ASCII characters. Yeah, I thought it was similar to that. I didn't think it was actually spelling dynamis, which is a uh, interesting. Yeah, I thought it was supposed to no. just be nonsense. But... Yep, no, it's uh, run dynamis. Yep. And I love these trios so much. I really I love do. them too. They are Great especially the first really one. Well. Yeah. So uh, uh as you said, Sly, as soon as you die to run Dynamis, um trios seeing them for the first time are generally the most fun because it is everything being wrong immediately. And <laughs> it, it looks like everything is supposed to happen at once when it's only all happening at once because it's wrong. That's exactly. It. We okay. So once you get to run Dynamis Delta version, this is the point in the fight where suddenly this mechanic. I think for this mechanic specifically, suddenly everything slows down to like a normal pace that you expect from a Final Fantasy fight, and that throws you off at this point, right? Because. The whole fight before this point, you're so twitchy because everything requires you to react so fast and you want to move. And the very first mechanic that happens is you literally have to not move for like seven seconds. And if you move, you instantly wipe. <laughs> and it, uh, we had a lot of wipes to that because, uh, especially because with the strat we did, we would break our patch right away. So what would happen is we would look at our colors for the fist or whatever. We would stack up and we'd stand there. And we would stand there, and we would stand there, and then a patch would blow up, and someone would be like, "All right, time to go and run away." <laughs> yeah, that, that that happened a uh, an unfortunate amount of times. A lot, like yeah, more it more than ten stop times. There either, 
I'm sure you had people not thinking about when the fists, the rotating fists would be baited as well, like the actual rotation disappearing versus when the orange appears, but it's like up to the second that the orange disappears that it can, it can be baited. And, uh, we had some early movers to that too, myself included. It was right. It only happened to us one time, the early moves were fists. I have a question Uh, about fists that maybe you guys can, can help me with. We at one point had everyone in their groups had the opposite color fists and we still had deaths. Um, were they distance also? Like they couldn't travel too far? I, I remember one time we, we did it. Everyone was on top of each other. Nobody moved and we just never got circles under two of our I players. think it's just, we had some, we had a lot of discussion around that because we also had some times where we felt like they should have stacked, but they didn't. But I think in the end, after trying a bunch of things, the conclusion ended up being it's just really strict, I think. Mm. I mean, I'd like, like to see a clip of what happened, but uh, I yeah, I think it's just if you are not on top of each other, it will consider you guys not stacked. Yeah, it's I think so it's, I, it's really tight. It's yeah. really strict on how close you can be. It's pretty much, if, yeah, if you're not on top of each other, we'll wipe you. Happened a few times where just a pixel apart. It's just like, all right, guess you're not on top of each other, you're dead. Because our whole strategy actually ended up being based around that precedent when we thought. And, I mean, our strategy worked out great for what we did. Basically, we just sent blues to beetle and greens to final, and we just, if we needed to do a swap for fists, then they just swapped. Oh, speaking of the fists, oh, boy. So can you remember when we were remember when we were still planning for all RNG? Yeah, initially we thought the fists are full RNG, and you know, like we everything were else planning for every cursed pattern possible. And oh yeah, end up. there's this one pattern that's really really cursed. It's like oh yeah. boy, <laughs> it's it's it wasn't real then. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was very very um very appreciative of them not making it full RNG. I think there's the one part that's not full RNG. There's a pattern for these fists that make it work out nicely. Yeah. The, uh, up until that point, every like everything in the fight was full RNG, so we were like planning around full RNG for everything. Still right, but this pattern was so cursed that I, we literally just said, "All right, we acknowledge that this could happen. We are electing to ignore it until it happens." <laughs> Because this complicates the mechanics so much, it's better if we just instantly die to it and then figure it out and plan for it. That's like people electing to ignore meteors in DSR. So it's just like we don't care if it's the bad pattern, just north and south. If it's the yeah, bad pattern, exactly. it's either the same die thing. or deal with it. We don't care. We are we are electing to ignore this because thinking about how to do this makes the easy part harder. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird how sometimes the play is to just not make a plan. Even if, even if it's something that's, cause at least with meteors, it was something that was possible. It wasn't something that was impossible. I wish I could show you the drawings we made. Uh, I don't know if screen sharing Did you guys will use work Miro? on this thing. Also, I learned about that. We had a whiteboard program called Miro, where we could just drop we all of our paint. raid plans. <laughs> we, we used screen sharing. Oh, paint paint. And yeah, legit paint. Oh, I used paint. I made a great paint drawing that I'll see if I can drop in Discord. And when I po- posted it, like it was during a 15 minute long discussion about like what we were going to do for what our plan was at the time. And, uh, I have to like open Discord on the side because I don't want to like minimize this or like go to the media screen or anything. But Let's either see way, if I can find a good paint. Yeah, it's, uh, actually, I can just, yeah, I can just pull it up on the stream, and if you guys look at the stream, you can see it. But I posted it in, in Discord after I drew it, and they were, and the exact response I got was, yeah, basically like that, happy. 
And it's the I most know. ridiculous drawing that I've ever seen or done or or anything at all. This is uh, a pretty good paint, actually. Whose paint was this? That's that's clean. Yeah, that's hit, oh god. Hold on, I made it too large. Made it too large and in charge. Hold on. There we go. Waiting for my six Twitch ads to finish so I can see what it looks like on your screen. Oh, perfect. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you can see what's on my screen, this is what I drew for, for Delta, actually, for what our original. Jesus, what is happening? Now that's a paint drawing. Well, okay, you can see <laughs> the laser. The laser is the blue on the left, and then there's the six rotating fists, and then there's the blue tethers and the green tethers. And that was what we were going to do. We were going to do two greens on each side, two blues on each side. We didn't do that. Then on the right, it's the baits for the the fists and how they'll look. And then the red is final Omega. So one of those is his monitor. And then the other side is the other monitor. So then you can see the narrow line that's open. That's where the pile pitch would happen, plus the other blue. And then the greens are on either side of the monitors, and then they blow up, and then they get their the, the and it, yeah. So uh, something I really like about this mechanic, and I, I think this applies to most of like this fight, is just every mechanic can be done in different ways. Like when you look at DSR, every mechanic we do is only done one way, right? Like there's only one solution to everything, but this one has like really unique solutions. Everyone can come up with their own way. Like I think the way we did Delta is completely different. I, I haven't seen another team do the way we did it at all. I actually really like the way we did it. And I, it's like, you know, we cut the arena into four slices and we just set certain slices to each person. And, uh, but like in your picture, you set them, you had like a thin slice for the stack, right? Uh, yeah, for the, the pile pitch. Yeah, we basically put it just to the left or right of whichever side that was safe from the final Omega monitor. And then the, the monitor person would just take another step. Basically. Exactly. Like, there's so many ways to use mechanics that I really appreciate. That I like when they do mechanics like that. There's multiple solutions, and you just pick the one your team likes, and you go with it. I well, think so as well. Those are always my favorite mechanics. And I like that's one of the reasons why I really like the first two phases of T. Yeah. Well, you'll be glad to know, and I learned this uh, through the grapevine that the JP uh pf discord uh is using the strategy we used and they for a brief period were calling it mr happy dynamis delta <laughs> <laughs> and i was like no strikes again not oh, again i think they changed the, the name Brambles. i think they changed the name by request i think i think it was just like just happy like, brambles happy fountain i thought um a lot of the JP players they call all the NA streamers Uncle Uncle Happy. Yeah, it's Uncle Ojisan. Zeno. Because yeah. it means it means Ojisan. it means it's 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 an honorific that can mean Mister or Uncle. It's like very similar. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, Happy. Oh, okay. That's that why for for P3S they used our Fountain of Fire, which was actually Stall's Fountain of Fire, but they called it Happy Ojisan Fountain of Fire. And I had somebody yeah, you know. think that Ojisan was a player in Japan. Like, oh, it's named after both players who made this strat. And I'm like, both players? That was Happy Ojisan. Yeah, Happy and Ojisan. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. not what mm -hmm. that means. <laughs> well. <laughs> okay. uh, I've had a lot of uh I've had a lot of strats that became the Xeno strat because I was uh Xeno was in my party and who whoever the biggest streamer in the party is is automatically their strat. That's how it works. Yeah. God, Happy Brambles is the curse. You don't want to know what the worst part about Happy Brambles was for, for me, I think, in particular. 
at one point we did spread positions around the boss and we said, Oh, we just stand in happy bramble spots. And I was like, fucking hate all of you right now. <laughs> now is that a, is that a strategy that you're disowning? You're unhappy with? It's a week one. Do, do the other one with the big unhappy, open spaces. happy. Do the, what is it? Box, Un- do box. Unhappy, <laughs> unhappy brambles. These are unhappy brambles. <laughs> These are very unhappy. I love that. You know, oh, it's man. also funny. So for Trio 2, the pattern with the six towers looks like a smiley face. So somebody said, oh, that's Happy Strat. I was like, no. Mm. <laughs> no. People, that's something that is like one of my pet peeves is people not describing things as they are. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I've noticed being online as long as I have that one thing people love to do is just invent nicknames and acronyms for things that don't need them. Like when every person calls a circle, a chariot, I, my blood boils. (laughs) It's a circle. Like this is, this is a, this is gatekeeping. (laughs) So I just looked in discord and I saw the diagram that you drew. Um, would you please direct your attention to the stream as the one I drew? (laughs) It may may look somewhat familiar. (laughs) It looks exactly the same. Wow. That's actually amazing. (laughs) Yep. Yep. That's, uh, that's, I think a lot of people had the same idea with that one. Everyone assumed it jumped three times, right? Is that, that's the initial initial drawings had three jumps. So we noticed that the, that the, when it starts hopping, it actually has like, I think it has like 14 seconds or something on the debuff briefly when it hops or something. I don't remember, but somebody thought it was going to hop seven times. So we had to make diagrams for hopping three times and hopping seven times. Yeah. That's uh, seven times. That's amazing. (laughs) That's something that we lost some time to. We made a strat around it hopping three times and it ended up not being that at all. And we had to like kind of change it. Mm -hmm. Well, because you're trying to make it make sense for eight people, but it doesn't make sense until you know there's four of them across the phase. Then, then the two hops. Exactly, yeah. But you, by that point, you already know it's only two hops. So, if as anything, soon as you, you see that it hops only twice, yeah. you kind of, you know, that's just how the math adds up. Yeah, you assume that it has to happen. You kind of just have to assume it happens four times almost immediately. Yeah, you know and then Omega casts three. And yeah, you see, there's two true. sets, and like, hmm, I see. Yeah, my eyes have opened. Speaking of eyes opening. <laughs> Trio, man. Trio, it's a trio two for Sigma. I, weirdly enough, not very hard, but also the worst. <laughs> I don't know. Heaven's Fall is, uh, that's a mechanic. I was actually very disappointed when oh. we built towers after the amount of times we've done Heaven's Fall. It, it, it actually, like, you know, it just crushed my spirits whenever someone missed a tower because, like we've done Yukov on our in our team probably like close to five hundred to a thousand times throughout our like you know since it came out and probably whenever I see someone the wrong tower it, it just crushed me completely. It's like you've been doing this and you've counted towers for as, for as long as you've been playing this game pretty much almost. And how, how do you mess this up here, right? Like it was very very I... crushing. I think it was more crushing for Happy, just seeing his, like, every time they got the towers and just somebody, uh, not even missing towers, just, like, out of position and just hearing the amount of, it wasn't even salt in his voice, it's just despair. 
I feel like I was perfect, but at the same time, it was, uh, you know, once, once I'd been through it a couple of times, yeah, it was, cause, so I, when I'm not doing call outs for the group, and I didn't have to do call outs this time, which is rare, I only called out phase one, it means that I can instead employ my other method of not fucking up, which is literally saying everything I'm about to do out loud. So mm-hmm. when I get into this phase, I say triangle, circle, square, X, northmost, northwest, which is implying the northmost person in the northmost pair. And you would sing set. it. Yeah, and then I would you sing, would it, sing too. it, too. Northmost, northwest, north. And then once, and then I'll be like mid, skip tower, or long, heaven's fall. So long, meaning you just literally do one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Whereas with mid glitch, it's more like one, two, three, skip four, one, two, three, skip four. But then I just started saying I'm clockwise four means I'm counterclockwise two, or I'm counterclockwise four, that means I'm clockwise two. Like I would just, that's just it. So then I was just landing it every time. And so when I looked over and I saw three people in a tower and I'm just like, that's 11 and a half minutes. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Uh, Yeah. But I mean, it is what it is. That's, that's, that's a team game at the end of the day. It doesn't matter. Same thing. I thought wormhole was super easy, but it doesn't matter how one person feels about it. Everyone's got to, everyone's got to be on the same page. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, the tower <laughs> check is a big, big case of that. <laughs> uh, Boy, that. we, so when we were progging that mechanic, we had some real curse solutions, let's say. And uh one of our ninth men ended up lifting a strat straight off of the balance of Discord that we ended up using. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we were we were assuming it could be any orientation of the towers initially, like yes. we didn't know it was just two. And we had this like Narcan was this weird thing where like, you know, we have four people always set towers and the other four would look at their tower and then go ninety degrees or one thirty five degrees. Like there's no set spots. We for, looked like, at the same chart. I think we looked at the same diagram. <laughs> We, uh, I don't know if I could do the explanation justice without, like, a live paint feed, because I don't know if my words are good enough. <laughs> I think what he said was pretty close, though, to what I remember looking at, because so, our knights, our knights pulled out a raid plan, and it had, like, there was, like, one setup where it was, like, the nears were, like, west and south, but there was two of them, and then the other nears, there was, like, two people. It was, like, assuming that there, there could be, a random number of one or two tower enum, or like just a, a more so, or less finite amount of. Yeah. That. Once we uh, once we got to this point, we were burned by the the fist RNG plans and the Hello World plans from Delta that ended up not being possible. So when we got to this point, we were firmly on literally only plan for the exact thing that we saw train, which is good because we would have wasted a lot more time on that if we didn't. And. uh we figured out that the towers are always going to be symmetrical relative to the male turning into the female, but we were basing it off of that uh, the female at the edge. Mm-hmm. So that means we had four patterns instead of two that we were planning for, right? And so based on any of those four patterns, wherever the female was, we had R1 through R4 like normal, but instead of the L1 through L4 strat, those four people tethered to R1 through R4 would just look at where their partner is going the R1 through R4 would go north clockwise, never duplicating towers. So if there was a two tower, they would skip it. And their partner would go 90 degrees or 135 degrees of them. If they have two choices on one pattern, the correct answer is clockwise, and on the other, it's counterclockwise. Oh, that was cursed, honestly. Was, uh, I'm glad it didn't end up being like that. Thank goodness. 
Oh, and then the um, first part was that a death threat involved a lot of people having two valid choices, and they just had to remember which one was, was the correct one. It's actually unfortunately, it's actually kind of easier than that. <laughs> yeah, and then we and then someone posted that one picture from the balance, and I was like, hmm, hmm, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. that's right, yeah. Um, Turns out there's a there's a, a kind of a benefit from being the stream team where you have one thousand brains all looking at the same mechanic. I remember, um, it's funny you mentioned that for in P1S when we were trying to figure out chains, I read a chat message that said, what if you'd made a box? And I was like, oh, that's the secret. P1S chains? The, yeah, we're, I'm sorry, the, well, the, you know how the, like it does the hopping explosions in P1S where it's like nearest and farthest? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Someone, I remember reading someone's chat, I was like, what if you just made two boxes? And I was just like, and I put it, I put the markers down. I was like, guys, do this. And they're like, got it. Let's go. <laughs> that was, and that was literally because I was streaming it and somebody just popped in and said that. And I was like, that's it. That's the magic answer. And that, what do you know? Pull later. That was, that was it. So sometimes, uh, to being, being on the stream team and just getting one little bit of input that you didn't think yeah. is, is the uh, answer to that. It has its own advantages for yep. sure. Um, Okay, so going going to Trio 2, the back end of Trio 2, there's not too much to say. The Dynamis hops take a little bit of getting used to space-wise, but fortunately, oh. at that point... <laughs> I thought that was the hardest part. <laughs> really? I'm so, I'm, well, okay, uh, I'll say this. Getting people to not move before Blizzard happens oh my is definitely God. the hardest uh, part. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the guy who's moving because I'm so fucking scared. Don't move, don't move, don't move, don't move. Somebody moved. Oh, man. <laughs> See, the second part is easy, but there's a lot of like small things you got to keep in keep track of like like for example like you can't move to the fist bait spot until the laser's done we've had a couple pulls where someone yes. just walked in too fast and the laser killed them and that's like a that's a terrible way to go right like you can see a laser coming at you so why are you why are you standing in the I, path i think that any mechanic where your positioning is dependent on another person's positioning such as near and far world or like nieces or something i think those kinds of mechanics are inherently extremely difficult because people cannot control themselves People have an, have have a, a fear of standing on top of another player for literally anything, and in Trio Three, that can be a real problem. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, oh don't Those don't Jack, we, don't, we don't need that. We don't need that. We have I have so many clips of me unrealistically surviving things in this encounter that it's there's there's a whole compilation of them on the way. There's there's one where you know at the transition of Phase Three where it's all the fists exploding. Uh, just going into it. I literally standing in one on Avanted into the other and I snapshotted between the two of them and still survived. <laughs> the dumbest Let's go. Shit. Dumbest shit I've ever <laughs> I was trying to die, but you know, not this time. I also did all phase one in first person. That was fun. Ugh. I love doing that in coil. It's yeah. Favorite. It's it was really weird trying to look at the Pantocrator uh AOEs, the baited ones, because I had to actually look down at my yeah, feet. Yeah, because they're like... just flat little JPEGs <laughs> on the floor, so if you're looking <laughs> anywhere that's not directly down, you just can't see it. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, no, the Blizzard was definitely the scariest thing. Um, but the Dynamis Hops, I mean, by the time you've gotten to this point, at the very least, the Dynamis Hops aren't... They're not any more stressful than they were the first time, at the very least. So I think that that helps a lot with them feeling less intimidating. 
But there's so many micro movements that kill you at that last part that that's the only thing that's frustrating. Like you said, either being too early it's, or you know. square is devious. They made a there's mechanic so where a lot of pulls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they made a mechanic where five people have to simultaneously be the farthest point in the room from another different point in the room. Yeah, devious. Yeah. Um, now, one funny thing, and I want your opinion on this because we talked about the phase three auto, which is a bug. There's another auto after Trio 2 that has griefed many an individual, uh, specifically whoever the main tank is, where if you take can't, the final Dynamis hop, you will die to the auto that comes. Can't comment. We never got it. Fridge. Never, never got, got it. that. We yeah. had it, and we fixed it, so we're pretty sure. We were like, oh, I don't think this is a bug. We just have to make sure the MT is never the final Dynamis hop, and this never happens. So it actually made it easier because it meant... They were never the final. Like they, they just had a fixed position if they were one of the dynamis hops. So it actually made it super I, easy. I think it might also. You might also be able to get saved by server tick RNG potentially because I've only seen a couple clips of that. It's not nearly as widespread as the other one was. And now it's still in the game, I think. So. It is. Yeah, they 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 haven't adjusted that one. Like uh, you have to have like a really fast auto afterwards, and the MT still has to have the bone. So I think it. Doesn't happen a lot of the time. Yeah. So we, but I mean, I, I just, I just felt like we found a way that makes it never happen that is not as stressful as trying to fix the P3 auto problem. So we just were like, oh, they just, they just did that. Whatever. It makes it easier. Did they also fix that though, or is that still no. on the game? Mm-mm. They haven't fixed that. I don't even think. So we knew they were fixing the P3 auto because the two days before the patch on the forums, it went from like accepted to old. Meaning they had already like done something with it, so we knew they were fixing the P3 auto before that maintenance even came out. Um, but that I think the P5 one is in there, and it's just uh, nothing. I'm sure it'll get fixed at some point, but it seems as much less like critical because mm-hmm. you can at least counterplay. I guess you could counterplay the P3 one also, <laughs> but like way worse, you know, in the loosest sense of the term. Yeah. I mean, you could also, I guess, tank swap here if you really needed to, because you have five seconds before that auto comes out. So you could also just, you know, provoke before the auto comes out if you really wanted to. But that could mess things up pretty bad, cooldown-wise, I'd assume. I, man, I already have so many buttons to push. Like, every time the boss comes back during that phase, oh, man, it's actually a struggle. I died once yesterday when we were, like, doing... To Solar Ray? To, uh, yeah, to the solar ray because one of my cooldowns is late because I forgot to pre-pop three of them before the boss becomes targetable <laughs> because I'm also trying to do two minutes. I completely play with astro cards. I'm trying to dish out astro cards while yeah. doing tank shields as well. It's just like, you know, just so much happening after each trio for like these jobs with the overloaded kits, I guess. You want to hear the most toxic thing I've ever had to, well, I wouldn't say I made them do it, but collectively we made them do it as a group. Nidhog tethers in phase two and DSR, we two we used twos on cooldown there, which meant the Dark Knight was using twos on cooldown and mitigating without living dead. At the least, uh, <laughs> I I actually did that right before prog. I I learned to tank that fight and everything did before. I guess I switched to tank like two weeks before we progged. Uh, and we did Dragon Song to to just like warm up, but. I remember doing that, and that wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be, because during that, you have, like, a 20-second window before those tethers happen, or, like, nothing's really happening. You can just pre-pop your cooldowns. And this mechanic, it's like, you're actually doing a mechanic that's, like, kind of stressful all the way up until five seconds before the tank buster comes out. 
So and doing and then like, well, yeah, at least you're not doing twos in trio f- at, right after trio two. At the very least, that's not where you do twos. I don't think. Oh yeah, I'm thinking more after the first one. Yeah, is where it really cool. sucks. Did you guys break the because, green tether? Uh, did you guys break your green tether after the last dynamis hop? After, or, yeah, yeah, okay. after. Yeah, that's also another thing. If you're the main tank with the green tether, you just leave it on the. You let the other person do it at that point. You don't give a fuck. You're not trying to be a part of that. Oh, I don't know. I, 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 we, it breaks before the boss actually does anything. The boss specifically does nothing until that tether would have exploded, I think, specifically yeah. to let that happen. Yeah, but, I mean, it's just like you're already doing twos. Like, you don't want to have to think about the two, three seconds of timer that's left <laughs> on it. You know, I think not- a lot of people were looking at the Vuln falling off, like trying to find yeah. the guy with the Vuln in the party list and looking at that. But I always just looked at my tether timer, and when it hits two seconds, you can just yep. pop it. It's pretty brainless. Yeah, that's that's what I did as well. As a dancer, I would always just zip to the other person. I'd just yeah, like stay still. It doesn't. It of, of all the things that are overloading there, stepping forward and then backwards, I don't, I don't think is one of them for me personally. It's probably for it's- some though. <laughs> It's trying to remember to start pre-popping tank CDs while I'm also glaring at people wiggling around during Hollow World. I thought the white mage glared. <laughs> I don't hear the crickets. Boo! That's weird. That's weird. Normally I hear the crickets, but they seem to be on the I, I, I can't help it. I'm a giggly person. <clears throat> I giggle at everything. Um, and then Trio 3 is... Probably the, so you talked about hating when people relate old mechanics to new mechanics. Don't say it. Predation. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there I it hate is. that. Yep. Not enough, I, I don't actually like playing people for it or whatever, but I, I very quietly hate it. It was very loud right there. <laughs> That's because he was provoking me. That's true. Yeah, no, that was, yeah, that was, that was what he said. It's, it's two times predation. Two times predation into monitors. Trio 3 is kind of, it's weird because I think when you look at it against all the other ones, it is absolutely the one that is the biggest break in some sense. If that make, I don't know. If, Very if that, easy. Yeah. But at the same time, those are some toxic ass predation dodges. Even if there are patterns to them, those suck. <laughs> I hate them. I was like, man, Suki really gigabrained on that mechanic. Yeah, I saw it pretty much after the first pull. I figured out like all the safe zones, and I'm just like, I'm gonna mark myself. You guys follow me the whole time. Don't think about the mechanics. Just damage the boss, and that's what we did the whole time. I just had a mark on my head, and we just followed the mark in the call. The the first few times he saw the mechanic, I was looking at that tiny little crooked ass sliver underneath his feet. I'm like, how am I gonna? Like it's such a weird angle. It like doesn't really line up with anything very well. I'm like, how am I ever gonna like find this quickly? Like it's so specific. And Suki's like. Oh yeah, it's right on the cardinal. Yeah, stand in front of A, but like right up under him. I was like, that is really the yeah. It's, there, there's there's three spots. It's either it's either directly in front of the marker, all the way in the boss hit box, halfway between them, or away from it. Essentially, yeah. I like those three spots too. Yeah. I'm one of those people where. Never mind, that's a whole other conversation. I'll say that for later. It's just the way but, that you when you think about right, like what a safe spot actually is. You don't just think of it in like. That like you actually look at the safe spot and and judge the like what the safe spot itself actually is and not it's it's kind of a difference where some people look at a mechanic like you know you've ever heard top down versus bottom up like yes mm-hmm. type of thing yeah it's like Suki was looking at it as the kind of person who looks at it from top down right he's finding the safe spot and he's just remembering where the safe spots are I'm like the time, kind of person who looks at it bottom up I'm looking at the boss's AOEs and making the shapes in my head and then dodging those shapes like in a sequence right yeah mm-hmm. 
So like sense. this mechanic, like it really punishes my way of thinking of it because those are very like strange shapes that they're making. Uh, now, one thing I forgot if you guys did, but one thing I meant to bring up during Trio 2, but it's way more relevant for it, Trio 3, we manually, we did a lot of manual marking in our stuff. Like, we manually marked the three people that would go north for, uh, like, the fist baits and one of the dynamis hops in Trio 2. And here, we'd have one person mark all four players with one stack of dynamis. We'd have one person mark two of the two players, but of course, if you're two with a two, you need to be a monitor player. And then we had another player unmark one dynamis players that also had the one mark <laughs> for the first dynamis hops. I seen that in some clear videos and I was curious what was going on there. I think we did something completely different. We, we made it easy. We just had our ninth man just claw out the monitor people. The rest just kind of spread. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're That's talking about Omega. I thought you were talking about Sigmas. My bad. We're talking about monitor, right? Yeah. Yeah, during monitor. Yeah, we, uh, yes. the ninth man w- would completely ignore the AOE mechanic that we're doing for 15 seconds and he would just look at the party list and just tell two people to go do the monitor. <laughs> what about all the dynamics? Like, okay. I mean, I, I'd assume you'd be directing people dynamis wise or did you guys just, uh, just kind of, we kind of just, uh, we actually completely YOLO'd Omega. It was never a problem, yeah, like. We never, I think we only wiped to it once. Yeah. That was because somebody called south and then went north. So, <laughs> <laughs> been there before. It's like I am but, south. Uh, That's the wrong. The ninth south. man would just tell the two people who needed to soak the monitor if they needed to, or he would pick a filler or whatever. They would go to the monitor. Yeah. The far guy would go to the far spot. The close guy would go to the close spot, and then the other four people would just be like, "I'll be north far," and someone else would be like, "I'm south far," and the other two would just stand next to the near guy, and it was just basically YOLO. That's uh. Definitely easier than having two healers mark six people and having one person unmark one person. We're actually about to switch to me marking people during the oh AoEs because we don't have our knife man. Yeah, anymore. your knight's not so showing we, up to weekly. We have to do it ourselves now. But that's actually not not too hard, so yeah. it'll be fine. Uh, and then for what we did for the, the second part of Trio 3, where you have to, it's the two times, the we- weirdly easy part. I mean, it's such, such, a, it's such a weird, like, just basic check that it's like, what the heck? What is this? Is something it's on the outside like, of the arena about to kill me? Is this where the giant fish shows up? It's just like, it's just two Hello Worlds, and there's a mechanic that takes the two people mm-hmm. who aren't doing it out. That's yep. basically it. Yeah. Pretty. It's like thing. We can do it so slow. many different ways. I've yeah. seen like probably a dozen different ways people handle this mech, and everything works. You can just choose one and just make it work for your team. So I love when they do stuff like that. Huge fan of this final part. We did self-marking macros, so like the one where it just picks, it just starts to mark you sequentially based on who's already marked by something. And then we just had the four people without anything oh, just do that. You did those on yourselves? Yeah, so we like, it's, it's literally you- just slash MK attack me. And it'll have just you give never, you one or two or three or four, depending on what's already out there. Have you never had the issue where two people click it at the exact same time and one of them deletes the other? Yeah, we just press it again. Oh, it. okay. I guess. Yeah, when you put it that way, I guess <laughs> I guess that's fine. Yeah. it's the, the only place it was a problem is sometimes people would not realize they were the second hop, and okay. they would press it. And then we'd have five, and I'd be like... I've never considered this... Yeah. Let's press it again. Yeah. We had something similar, not entirely in that way, for Roth Flames, where we did a lot of marking 
for that. So um, that one's just, way harder because there's stuff happening. <laughs> yeah, did you have you seen the GIF of of Whale Bell manually yes. going through the park? Yes. Fiend, dude. <laughs> You know what? I, the, I, can... I will say one thing this made me want quality of life for. I, I've kind of run out of things to ask for quality of life that I feel are super important, but actually displaying a mark on the party list, like if you're marked with a one or a triangle or something, uh, that was the, t- that was the thing I wanted out of this. It seems like something they would do if enough people suggested it. They added that for the enemy list, I believe, like yep. in Stormblood or something. Yep. So that's that's my Which, new quality of life. Ask. I don't know anyone who asked for that, but they added it. I'm sure they would put it on the party list too. Yeah. So that's that's my new quality of life. There's space ask. for it in the UI now that I think about it. I think they're probably kind of hard to is. fit. Probably like over the job icon, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's either, actually very interesting that yeah. marking is a bigger thing now. I remember, like in E, no one really marked anything, and like previous ultimates, DSR started the marking thing. I think. Dude, Everyone I wanted to wanted do to. it back in the day for Uwu, but what other people wanted to do for Uwu, you know, prior to what is considered the norm now, looking at you, Allegan Melons, uh, that I wanted to do that for my prog, but what the way people wanted to determine the order was something completely different. This could have been a thing for so long. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the just saying your number in the voice. Yep. Yeah. So what, <laughs> or, what, or what, you type what, it too. What we had, I remember what had been found out at the time that in the chat logs, when it's saying that the jail is being cast, two of them are from Titan and one of them's from Garuda. I don't know why, but one of the Titan jails in Uwu is cast from Garuda. It's just like a programming thing. They just use an already existing entity to do stuff so they don't have to spawn more. Yeah. Safe server load or something. So we had the Garuda marked player be in one spot, and then one of the two Titan players would just call front, essentially. Like Garuda back, one person calls front, the other person just fills in. That's what I remember us doing. I'm actually, I'm actually a pretty big fan of, of typing in party chat strats. Uh, this group, I've never had somebody do that before I joined, uh, this group, but it works out really well. Like whenever there's, a mechanic like um, P8 or P4 where, like, the boss gives you a telegraph and then does, like, a bunch of mechanics and then executes it, like, a minute later and you're supposed to remember the whole time, like the Octaflare or Tetraflare. Yeah. You just mm-hmm. type it in the chat. Yep. <laughs> we had a bunch of people making mm-hmm. macros just to echo their own mechanic even for some things. I know that. I could easily see Ultima, Jails, you just type your number in the chat. So I don't you trust motherfuckers to dodge landslides at the same. Not, I don't trust motherfuckers. All right. <laughs> uh, I, I guess it depends if you have gamers who are can type things between GCDs, but and dodge landslides. <laughs> I got, uh, I got that level we, of trust. I, we I we do that stuff all the time, so I guess to me that sounds pretty good because then you don't need yeah. voice to do the voice chat. But mm-hmm. no, it's no. What you said makes sense. I think kind of party uh, chat. I remember doing something. So I, I remember we gave everyone a number marker in one of the groups that I did. Like you were one through seven, and you, as soon as you saw you were selected, you hit it, and then it was like least to most. Just like oh yeah, to that back. works. So you just have to like remember which ones are six, seven, and eight. But that works yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Self marking, yeah, that's pretty good actually. Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of really innovative ways that people get around this stuff. It's just then people do alley and melons. And let's be very clear here, it's. It's going to be normal for this, unfortunately. Let's let's be honest about it up front. Anime even, music, Allegan Melons, Alpha Nose I hate, Mom, I hate it. Whatever hate you want so to much. call it, it's going to be norm in the PF for this. Yeah. It's, I was thinking that, too. Like, 
Omega has so many mechanics with like so much random ordering of people. They're gonna use the hell out of that thing in PF come six months from now when nobody cares about it it's anymore. It's already in there. Uh, What's yeah, Alligan Right, right now, all you don't know Alligan Melons. Nope. It is shorthand for what is the what is the most common thing you see in UWU PFs in terms of something that somebody needs to bring. Jail markers, auto jail markers. Yes. Okay. They call it Allegan. They they basically they take the A and the M and they come up with another name for it. So it's either Allegan. I see. Okay. Like like, I'm being being so cute. Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense though. Yeah. So (laughs) it's 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 unfortunate, but it's very like to be the norm for this unless they take away marking and combat like they took it away and uh, they took away putting it on the ground, which would be a big problem for everyone else. I mean, that would suck. Yep. What? That's the only purpose of the markers, though, is to use them in combat. Yep. You don't actually gain anything from doing it before the pull. Yep. They might as well just remove head markers entirely at that point. Please yeah. don't. Please don't. Yeah. But also, I, please don't. But <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, but that's the fear. I think that's everyone's logical fear when they see just what's what's being done with it. I've I've yeah. never been comfortable with the marker thing for like yeah. jails and stuff. I don't know. I've never thought it was bad enough to necessitate any of that. Yeah, but it's not that the mechanics bad enough. It's that the people doing it are. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also the guy who reads the text box on Nail's head, so I do the same thing. <laughs> I kind of was kind of sad when they changed it. Well, when they changed it from in Shadow, you know, they changed the text yeah. when Shadowbringers came out. On one hand, I was happy about it because they added line breaks, which thank thank God. Um, but on the other hand, they made it sound so much dorkier. Yep. Sure it's, it's <laughs> easier to read those ones. Yeah, you'd it's look a really for cringe to say words. You'd be like, oh, blazing? I know what that means. You know, you just look for a key word or two and that's it. And that I, was, that was I never found the consistency of the words to be an issue so much as just not having line breaks in the text, but now they have that, so that's okay. Yeah. But I mean, like, that was, that was how I read it. Like, I didn't, like, read the whole thing and be like, say the whole thing. I gotta look for one key word twice, you know, yeah. two key words, and that would do the whole thing. But yeah, I mean, that's an unfortunate truth. It's very likely to be the norm for this. So expect to see if you plan on PFing this, first of all, God bless your soul. Second of all, uh, Allegan Melons. There you go. I hate it. Remove it. I hate it too. Yes. But it is and that is. brings us to the final phase of uh, top Alpha Omega. Now, I want to, there's one thing I want to ask before anything, getting anything out of the way. The first thing. How many times did y'all try to mit through the first Cosmo memory before you just decided to just one time. tank LBS? Zero. That was we, it. No, we, got there once, died, we got there once, died to it, we saw how much damage it was as a tank LB. No, no, we, we actually, okay. no, we, we got there with like, you know, at the end of Blind Fate, they killed half the party because, uh, I killed most everyone except one person. And two tanks, I think, only lived the blind fit damage because that was like the first time we're seeing it. We didn't know it was 19%. We didn't know if we were going to die or not. So, like, half the party died. And then when we got there, we saw it and only MT was alive and he took 300k damage from it. We're like, oh, maybe this is like, you know, Grand Cross Omega. Oh, you're it's right. It's a party wide split. Everyone has to arrive and the damage is split party wide. So, we're like, okay, next time we come, we'll just mitigate it. 
he died instantly again, sort of like a tank LV now. Yeah, he yeah, just tried right, one time right. to mitigate it. Basically. He thought it was split damage the first time, and that's why it hit so hard. And the second time, it still did like 300k. And 300k is like the magic number where it's tank LB, right? Because it's five times your health. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and it'll reduce it. What is it, 80%? 80%, yeah. 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 So it'll bring five times down to one times. Yeah, so it's uh, it, it it all makes sense. Yeah, I mean, by the time we got there, it was already public knowledge that it was going to be that it was LB three. So you know, for us, obviously, it never yeah. happened. Uh, more more importantly, uh, is I think most people probably the first time they saw that phase, they DPS LB on the previous phase, you know, to to squeeze out just you know nerves and everything. Mean your first yeah. going through that previous. I actually, phase. Right. we did too. Yeah. Did we? Yeah, we LB3 I thought the first time that we got through Omega with everyone alive, we just like absolutely demolished the boss and we didn't even LB. No, we, we made LB it. And, uh, we had a lot, we had deaths like damage downs, I think, coming out of Omega too. Oh, oh yeah, people. Not were, everyone was gonna lie. Downs, right? Not everyone had three stacks at that point. We just, the first time we're like, let's just make sure it's not 19% again. So we made LB it. We got there before, we died to 9999, it was like 30%. So it's either like we originally thought everyone had to have three stacks to so everyone survive, or it's a damage check again, like a damage number. So we tried damage number the next time and it worked. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, predation the damage. Yeah. By the way, damage down. They were like, oh, DSR damage down. I guess that wasn't enough. This one's like ninety percent. It's like, what? Just kill me. Stop letting me live. It, it just yeah. It doesn't <laughs> make sense. Just, I, I'd rather have a 30 second damage down 90% rather than three minutes where you just have to kill yourself to fix it. I think it's kind of yeah, bad design. Kill me at to kill that yourself. point. Why let me live yeah. at all? Like, why, what kind of purgatory is this that you're fucking throwing me into right now? Rude. Hitting with the and then the next, the next thing, uh, being the Cosmo Aero Dance oh, that y'all have gotten so accustomed to. How many times? Uh, how many times is the word "wait" going to make you just <laughs> wait, wait, God. wait? Why didn't you wait? Don't wait, wait that many times, or you're dead. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we didn't have that many issues with it. We saw it one time we had uh, someone draw out all the like you know expanding AOEs, and we mm -hmm. saw a pattern pretty much instantly within one pull. And we didn't, we, no one actually really died too much. It's just, you know, the second time you see it, now you have to be like, okay, we gotta change it now. Cause the first time we did it, it's just like in, out, in, in, or out, in, whatever. But the second time you had to go split, start splitting up, cause there's two, their AOEs coming up. And that's when I feel like people started dying more, cause I guess the, the splitting up part actually messed with people's brains. Mm hmm. Yeah. We, uh, mm -hmm. we had a, a few people that struggled with just chilling. Like just, just like okay, there it goes. It's my time, and then it's pff, gotta go and die. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's that's one of those things that is gonna vary so much from party to party because some people are just unable to slow their brain down and just like just think about every step of it logically. I mean, at the end of the day, it's the ultimate version of Rubicante's first thing that he does when he goes into like his dark mode. You know, that's every patch. There's like something that the dev team either discovers or comes up with new markers for the, the expanding AOEs was, this was the patch of expanding AOEs. It's in the 24. Yeah, they had stuff in, in yeah. Titan. That's mm -hmm. always what I think of. Yeah. Titan's a little brownie squares. Yeah. Little brownie squares. And, uh, 
this, this, that was, that was the thing here. And it was just a, it was just a chill for one second and wait. I did think there were going to be tripwires from Criterion. I really thought there were, especially when I found out it was the same dev who did Criterion Savage, but he also did T. So, you know, there was, uh, there's room for, there's, for both. There's something I've always, uh, noticed as a pattern for a while now in content that comes out in the same patch is a lot of the time, Content that comes out together in the same patch or like one or like sequentially, a lot of the times they'll reuse a lot of similar mechanics in between them. Like, um, even wave cannon, the, the extra AOE is similar to Rubicante again. Like, you know, yep. the spread in Rubicante left, left to like a ground marker afterwards. Same thing with wave cannon, the spread left to ground marker. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's a thing that happens a lot. So I always think of when they did Twice Come Ruin. Three, or thrice come ruin. I guess these both in uh, Eden's Promise. In the patch, like immediately after that, they added Delubrum, which also had that same debuff everywhere, right? And then you think but they changed of, it that time, though. I think they had gave damage downs in Delubrum, right? So yeah, it was also a damage down, but like you know, they down. they reuse a similar concept like usually a couple times in a row whenever they come up with one. And you have the same thing with uh, uh, what is it? The number debuff. Like on the party list, first in line, second in line, third in line. A bunch of content came out all at the same time with that, like all in a row. And it, right now it seems like it's something that's here to stay, which I'm fine with. I think it's a really good addition, but you know, it's, it's a pattern you notice where that, that is a thing that actually happens where like the X trial that comes out with the ultimate will have a lot of like similar stuff in it because that mm-hmm. is something that happens a lot. I've noticed. Yep. Yeah, um, and I don't mind. I th- I think fourteen is at its best when the game is trying to inform its players consistently, uh, and I think that's just kind of it. it doesn't seem too del- deliberate. Like I don't think they did it in Rubicante to inform you for Ultimate, but it's it creates that kind of sense of continuity. I don't I know if it's deliberate in the sense that they're specifically going out of their way to use similar things in both contents, but it's just. You know, maybe it's just how their development pipeline works. Mm-hmm. It just happens, you know, by coincidence potentially. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and somebody brings the, up the PlayStation, PlayStation markers, markers in both. Yeah. DSR yeah. and Barbaricha. Yeah. That was another one. There's a few other overlaps. That, that happens a lot. I think I remember PlayStation so markers are here to stay forever. Yeah. Know? And then there's also the chains, yeah. the, the being chained to the location and, you know, you can't leave that location kind of thing is also Barbaricha DSR. So yeah, there's always a little bit, always a little bit of something. I always think of the the mechanic where the finger is like pointing around on your head and you're running in the, in that direction. They use that a few times in a row too. Yeah, I think I think I saw that. Yeah, we, we've seen that a lot, but I think you savage. might be thinking of when we saw it in Bojja because I think we saw it a few times in that patch when. Uh, I, was, I was thinking they put it in the twenty four man, and then the patch after they put it in the savage. I remember yeah. that was the big thing everyone's talking about mm-hmm. for uh, Guardian. That that arrow thing could be pretty hard if they added like ultimate. Dude, if Guardian was in here, I would have been sick to my stomach. <laughs> I don't like that fight as it is, and if that finger pointer found its way into ultimate, I'd be upset. Genuinely. <laughs> yeah, you could you could look through all kinds of patches in the game and probably find patterns like that. It's something that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh. So yeah, X X Square is sly, that's where we were. Yeah. Um and then the uh unlimited um Wave cannon, excuse me. Well, actually, no, there's one other thing. And I'm surprised you forgot the other thing, because the other thing is like a up your alley thing. I mean, 
<laughs> Mr. Dragoon over here. <laughs> He's, are you mad because uh, his, his, his LB3 is better than yours? Is? Uh, <laughs> not oh, really, no. Uh, but I can tell it matters to them. <laughs> the groans are real to the Cosmo dive. Oh. I don't know yeah. what it was about Cosmodive, but for some reason, everyone just really disliked the Cosmodive. We, I think we struggled a bit figuring it out. Hated how cryptic it is. I, I don't like cryptic stuff with mix like no. I, I think, I think it, it's, le- I don't think, I actually don't even think it's that cryptic to be honest. I think we just got really unlucky and that the first thing that we tried was wrong, but we looked like it was right. So we kept doing it while trying other stuff and also doing the wrong thing that we thought was right, but kept working because it was wrong in a way that we lived. So, we, we, uh, oh, yeah, we, that one left a sour taste in everyone's mouth, I think. Oh, that's fair. I honestly, for me, Cosmo Dive was the reality check of how strict the mitigation check was for the phase. Oh, oh boy, we didn't even know that until the wave cannon. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the fucking wild charge wave cannon. That shit was scared. Dude, the second one is. <laughs> <laughs> so, the thing about that phase is you look at all the like party stacks and tank busters you know like oh this is just like any other uh final phase where you need to mm. plan out your party mitts so that the party can live through all this damage right but no it's actually your tanks that you have to worry about because holy shit when you get slammed with four hundred thousand damage tank busters every 20 seconds four times in a row and the, and the party is like chilling with like two or three cooldowns you're literally using party mitts just to keep the tanks alive at that point it's pretty bad yeah, That's how the mechanics are designed, though. You know what our paladin did? He he kept his wings on through it to block for the other tank and keep the block rate for himself after popping yeah, all his other yeah, it's Yeah, we were scraping for it. We actually uh, went back into our phase five, and we switched all the... And so at first we were doing, like, at the start of the phase five before Delta, we were doing CDs and then invuln and CDs and, the, and then invuln because it, it lined up with your two minutes, right? So the tanks were doing two minutes with CDs, but we had to go back and switch it just to get our invuls off cooldown because we just could not figure out how to survive without having invuls, so we had to get them up faster. It was, it was very scary. Yep. It's, it is really scary because, uh, I mean, it's like you were going to go on to Unlimited Wave Cannon. Unlimited Wave mm-hmm. Cannon is the freebie of the whole thing. <laughs> True. You think so? It's X's, but they're circles that follow you as well. But I've seen, like, I've seen you complain about why are people dying to X of flares and... Yeah, no, I, I, so many- I was, I was worried about people dying to X Cause here's the thing. So one thing we kind of skipped over when you survive with the tank LB3 and the three dynamis stacks, you, your mm-hmm. buff changes to quickening dynamis and that acts as a tank LB3 on everyone for the rest of the phase. Um, it's an, it's like 80% damage mitt on everything. If you die and you lose it, you're dead because you don't have the limit break, but you're also just dead to every single instance of damage you take. So when somebody dies, even if you get them back up to attempt to resolve the next thing so you can prog, it's all in vain because you've seen everything by the time anyone would die and get back except for Cosmo Meteor. So it's just gut wrenching pain is all it is. <laughs> Uh, that's a brutal way to do it. Yeah, one death and you're just not gonna live anymore. You're just dead for the rest of the phase, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So that's what it is. It's because X's themselves are whatever. It's there's a tell, like there is a specific way you want to do it. It's not like other ones where it's like, oh, we have good pattern, bad pattern, whatever. You know, this one's. Wait, I think you, just... I think you have to clarify for Twitch chat. I don't know if they know what you're talking about. This is Exa Joel's. Okay, so I didn't know about the Joel thing until yesterday. <laughs> I, I, I was like, who's Joel? And then I finally saw it. And then I was watching on Echo Stream earlier, and there are people with the shark mount just doing rotations now. That's. When I first heard it, I thought they were talking about the Last of Us series because Joel, you know, Last of Us just started on HBO. I'm like, well, how does Joel have to do with this fight, you know? I guess that was uh, not right at all. It's, it's one of those memes where someone just came up with it for no reason other than because they wanted a spinning fish called Joel and, you know, how Twitch chat is. It's a spammable thing, so they spam it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, like, there they go. There are the Joels. All the Joels. But it's funny because now I'm seeing because the ocean fishing shark is like 10,000 ocean fishing points. And, uh, <laughs> yep, that's... That's that's the one. Yeah. I thought I thought it was hilarious. I think Twitch spam is hilarious. That's exactly what there I are some I don't get that aren't funny to me. But Joel, it, does, it doesn't have to make sense. Yeah, like, sometimes like, it's funny because it doesn't make sense. Yeah, but sometimes I ju- it's just like like the tree doesn't do it for me. Like I'm not uh, I'm not, I'm not an I don't XDD know about the tree tree enjoyer. Uh, I'm, it just doesn't it just doesn't tickle tickle my funny bone in any way. Uh, but, same. I but think that things, one was kind of but a miss. Things, yeah. things like uh, like a black and white uh, like Cleese and it being Cleese online, that's funny. Because <laughs> he was knife manning his Cleese online. <laughs> Let's go. That's so funny. Anyway. But yeah, no, Sly, Unlimited Wave Cannon is the freebie. It's what happens after it that's not a freebie. Both times. You mean Cosmo Meteor? No, Cosmo Meteor really? is like the very good. wave that, cannon. Uh, yeah. Like mechanics with Cosmo Dive are easy, and like mechanics with wave cannon are hard. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, because what ends up happening right after. So the way the phase works is some mechanics are pantomimed, and some are done sequentially. So the boss always goes mm. Exaline Unlimited Wave Cannon, Exaline Unlimited Wave Cannon. But for the other one, he goes Cosmo Dive, Wave Cannon, Wave Cannon, Cosmo Dive, and so it forces you to do them in the opposite order. Both times. He does, uh, he has two mechanics that make you move and two mechanics that do damage to you and he does every combo once. Yep. Yep. And, and uh, all the ones with wave cannon are hard and all the ones with Cosmo Dive are easy. Yep. Because it's two, it's, it's eight player spreads and then a wild charge, which I know Nar hates to hear the term because it's not what this is. <laughs> but, uh. And that one's okay because it's hard to describe yeah. otherwise. Yeah. It's that just, that one's the okay tank. in my book. It's also one of the oldest ones I could do, similar to Chariot, because yeah. it's, it's it's final coil. It's like when it's when you're saying Chariot when you could just say Circle, yeah. but if you're like explaining a stack that deals the most damage to the front two people or or maybe one, you know, call it a tank line. Yeah, tank line, yeah. wild charge. What? Yeah, it's just the tank. <laughs> a, that one's okay because yeah. it's it's not just replacing a word with another more cryptic word. It's actually shortening an explanation. You know. Mm-hmm. As long as everyone understands it, because you still have to explain it if somebody doesn't know yeah, what that means. But, yeah. Uh, but that wild charge is the sc- single scariest thing in the whole phase. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. It, it hurt. It feels like it hurts more than the dive too. But even though I think they're probably actually the same, but probably it's just way scarier. I actually think it's very interesting that they made the wave cannon cast for eleven seconds instead of ten. So you can't just use debuffs on the boss. As soon as the cast first starts, because you're not going to catch the final hit. 
and you want to catch the two single hits as well, which plays a big role in the uh, the second wave cannon with the Cosmo Arrow. So it's like a very important to get the timing down where you have like a two second window to get your addles and your reprisals up. Yep, and that second one is the really scary one because at that point you're bleeding for defensives and you're trying to do the Cosmo Arrow at the same and time. And you're all over the room yep, too, so you can't reach anyone. Right, so I won't hit everyone, you know. Yep, yeah. and uh, one slip up and you die and you lose that dynamis stack. When doing a tank goes there, you're like, oh, Because you know the next mechanic is an easy one, and then it's it's, it's the Cosmo dive, which isn't an easy one. But like you're going into an, an, another easy to execute combo right afterwards. It's just all down to mitigation and the the baited lines and all that. So that one hurts. But then so you know what was kind of you know what, so you know how sometimes when you watch someone do a clear, uh, like a clear vod, it's not incredibly apparent how scary something is until you've actually done it. That's yeah, Cosmo sure. Meteor. You think hmm. so? I was, I was showing. Those I was fucking up, comets hit meteor. so oh hard. <laughs> Those Everyone fucking fun things do 100,000 damage each, and they all happen twice on top of one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those do a lot of damage, actually. Yeah, we, we had to figure that out a little bit, I think. That Most shit fucking hurt. <laughs> we actually only died to Meteor one time. After we yeah, because yeah, because our healers are cracked and they solved the puzzle instantly. But that doesn't make it not scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think you guys sent the white mage in the middle to deploy off of them. We ended up, I think, copying oh. that. I think that was you guys. It was either you or. Oh, we had Astro and Scholar. Oh, I yeah, so macroed. Yeah. Oh god. It's because yeah, no um, fucking didn't have trouble. Raimi would deploy one of the mechanics, but he would specifically deploy off of me for tank mitigation because I wouldn't survive the first Cosmo dive. Without oh yeah. So, so you crit needed Adlo. the full value. So he would he would crit yeah. Adlo me, and I would run into the middle, and then he would deploy it, and I would turn around and run back out to do the arrow. But, yeah, that makes sense. That that checks out. Yeah, we ended up having the white mage step into the middle after the meteors went out, and then we deployed off of them while they GCD healed from the center. So that was that, oh, was that makes our solution to it. Yeah, um, that shit. That's pretty good, actually. Hurt. It hurts. Yeah, they hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't realize. Like I remember I was watching the clear vod, and I was like, okay, the comets drop. There's two sets of four, and then there's a split damage comet at the end, plus the three flares. Blah blah blah. Whatever. We'll just heal through that, mitigate it. Whatever. Then I got hit. <laughs> like a truck. Yeah, it's like a truck from the sky because that shit was that shit was painful. But no. I mean, you kind of other than that, like Cosmo Meteor looks like, oh, I'm in the home stretch, and then you just get fucking squashed. <laughs> if you're me, but you are trying. in the home stretch. <laughs> you are in the home stretch. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it fucking hurt. The home stretch hurts because. Because pretty much after Cosmo Meteor is the what I like to call the uh, the LB uh, Gambit, so to speak. Well, Cosmo Meteor um, itself is part of that, even before Cosmo Meteor, because you want to burn both. Yeah, the yeah, it's, LBs, it's the beginning yeah. of the LB Gambit. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm pretty sure that the dev intended strat, I think, is they want you to start the limit breaks with the caster LB. And that's why the enrage is thirty seconds long cast, so you have time to do three LBs. melee LBs. I think that's what I they want you to do. That. I that think they want you to three two minutes. Yeah, they want you to use a final set so? of two minutes we, at the end. I think that's the intended. The, the DPS check was so easy when we did that, though. Like we literally one shot it. 
I think well, we one shot it, but we died at the same time, right? <laughs> yeah, but but we did, right? I think I think we did more more trickery than they intended. I don't know. Actually, it lines up say. to me. I actually have something to say about that um, that final DPS check because uh, I don't know if y'all were oh, well. How was the final DPS check for like you said you was you said it was pretty easy for your group. Uh, Happy, how about yours when you got to? How many times did you see that final DPS check? Twice. 0.3% and then a kill. Mm-hmm. Fair. I guess technically um, we got one in Rage at 6%, and then we were like, let's change the cooldowns, and we changed the cooldowns, and then it died. So, so I guess we had two also. But it, here's the thing, though. That DPS check is not just that DPS check. It's every DPS check that got you up to that point to get you through yeah. that phase. Even with the huge break in between... The phases, you need to make sure your twos go where they go in phase five or you're fucked in phase six. Here's the thing. Here's the thing I saw, and this was, like, heartbreaking to me. Um, I don't know if they told you or if you've seen, but Sphia's group got to that final DPS check, and, like, they were about to pop. Everybody was about to pop all their twos, and they did, but the monk DC'd as they were popping. It was a ninja, the ninja DC'd. It was, the was a ninja. ninja. Oh, I thought it was a ninja. Oh, yeah. and there's yeah. no mug on the boss. Yep. <laughs> Tragic. Yep. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, that must oh, have been man. so awful. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's at least though it, it feels awful, but it's it's almost better than something that's in your control going wrong. <laughs> it's like yeah, it was because out you of knew our that. But, but the thing is, you knew that was the that was pretty yeah. much the kill. Once it, everybody it sucks because you're already at the end and you can see that it's about to <laughs> that red poke yeah. almost have been devastating. And to then see for you them. just see you just see what the fuck happened to the damage. Like where, where's our oh oh. Look at Keo being like, we wouldn't have killed at that pull anyway. Crits! Crits! Just crit! Please! You never know with Small the Small consolation. Yeah. They're holding twos until they saw Mug and then there was no Mug. We, we ended up changing it so Mug and Tech hit at the exact same second. That was because otherwise it was like, tech normally hits when Mug is at like 18 or 17, but then it loses seven seconds at the end. So we had to, we had to make a few changes to that. Oh. But he did get his pot off. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah. Pot and a disconnect true combo. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you guys think of the enrage? You know, in the other ultimates T, you had this special huge show and ooh, we had this show and then in, uh, DSR and even this one. They're kind of just like you know, just kill you. Doesn't really do anything. I was, I was, I was a fan of it actually. Um, I think the whole knocking people out one by one thing—it's just been done so many times. I guess the stress. There's two different stresses. There's the stress of your damage slowing down as people get killed one by one or jailed one by one. There's also the stress of watching a a cast bar go all the way to full. <laughs> And just praying that you finish it before. Oh, that's why I had two of those. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's, it's. That's, I actually really, really don't like the super, super long cast bar because it moves so slowly. You like struggle to really gauge how fast it's actually going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think this is on point. Um, looking at most final phases, they tend to be just kind of what the exa dance is into something that is, you know, kill you one at a time. I think the most stressful one in that regard is probably DSR, the auto attack mechanic on top of just every that tiny, tiny safe spot for the way people just committed to doing X's plus the mitt on gigas. and Like, there's so many stressful elements there. But for this one, once you're two Cosmo Meteor, you, the mitigation still needs to happen there, which I think is the, the one caveat. But you kind of have a, you're kind of at a 90 second enrage cast, essentially, as soon as you get to Cosmo Meteor in a second. Cause that's, that's when it's actually like beginning. That's when the big push is happening. And the, th- the thematic of the fight, the theme of the fight with the Dynamis, that's, it's in full swing at that moment. So I kind of liked it. Like I consider, uh, what's it called, the um, uh, magic number. I mean, that's that's just as much part of the enrage to me as anything else. That's the did you die or did you do dynamis correct? Like it's 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 all those checks at once. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of see the point of view that it's like, oh, it's just a cast bar and it kills you. It's kind of boring, but I also like never really felt it was that boring. It's, it's the it's anxiety fine. of 19 minutes potentially being down the drain. Yeah, time of the very last like, thing. Like, if you if you just look at it strictly, like, that's the world I'm looking for. Uh, like, technically, I guess, mm-hmm. that's the word I'm looking for. If you just look at it on, like, a technical level, sure, like, it, it's kind of just a long cast bar that kills you. But, I don't know, it just fits well, you know. it's it's A lot of it's just about how everything just fits together. It yeah. doesn't feel like it's boring. And I'm not going to lie, it's not like it's that much more exciting for A, Yukob, Mornifah. He's Mornifahs eight times, like whatever. And in DSR, he just does, you know, Giga Chad, uh, Ochmorn. Mornifahs. Yeah, in fact, it's also Mornifahs. Oh, yeah. If you think about it, this is actually the first ultimate that kills everyone at once. It is. Yeah. Unless for some reason all eight of you stood in the Mornifahs at the end of DSR. <laughs> Which I'm sure there's at least one group that didn't think of to not stick people in them the first time they saw it. And all eight just... Pfft. That's a depressing thought. It's Mornifah, just stack and mitt. Why do the markers look different? Oh, well. Not going to worry about that. But yeah, T and Rage and Uwu are, uh, you know, they're they're the big ones. This one's still pretty cool. He also does a whole huge speed. Again, the whole like Omega, the way he speaks to you the entire time is actually really fucking cool. Like whenever he ta- does the Cosmo dive, he's like the power the of the yeah. worm that like soared the stars or something like. I think that. it's cool because he. I love like, reading you know, those too. He's like kind of starting to, you know, he's got like Alpha in his heart. He's kind of starting to gain like, an understanding of how an emotion works, and he's, like, suddenly thinking about all of his travelings, and he's, like, suddenly starting ha- to have emotions about it. Yeah, and kind then during his enrage, he says something like, through Alpha, I've learned to comprehend what makes... Oh, uh, no, he's like, I, I counted the I counted the mortals among your star as, the, as some of the weakest in the galaxy, and he's just, like, he just goes on this, like, huge villain speech during the entire final cast. My man was spitting. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. So there's, he's there's just getting some, super poetic about everything. Yeah, like I couldn't tell you what Dragon King Thornton says when he's doing all that shit. I just know that he's just stroking his own ego the whole time. Whereas Omega's having a fucking epiphany. 
All I remember is Sep tweeting uh, <laughs> the trick attack icon. Aha, dude, the power of mine enemies, I grow more powerful. Yeah, that's why he couldn't kill us. He never used Mug. He never tricked. That in here. <laughs> oh, yeah, the only thing that could have made it better was voice acting, but I think Omega is not exactly the character to voice. The only voice we have for him is the fucking Alexa April Fool's voice, and that's all I can hear when I think of Omega's voice. You are adopted. Ha, 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 ha. I have no idea what you're talking about. There's an April Fool's joke where they made... Yeah, they made an Alexa equivalent of Omega as like a home like assistant. Oh, oh, that was so long ago. Was that part of the giveaway in Mouth Club this time around? Or one of those like... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, actually it was. one of those away. Okay, okay, yeah. But it's it was it's a homemade because they never actually made it because it was an April Fool's joke. So that's like a fan made one. I don't know if it I don't know if it has an Alexa housed in it, the one that they gave away on Mog Talk, or if it is just the 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 model of it. Yeah, and then it wave cannoned the family. Yes, that's that's what it did. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Play romantic uh, music. Chicken tenders. Tender. I hate when my Alexa does that. Sometimes on stream, I just say. Like people's things, I'll just be like, "Hey, Google, set a timer for five minutes," and then everyone's like, "Son of a bitch!" It's like, "Stop watching me through your speakers." That's unwise. Okay, it was the model. Man, that would have been cool if they housed an Alexa inside of it, and because you can change Alexa to answer to other things, can't you? That isn't yeah. Alexa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you could actually well, get it. To, yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty. I cool. had a, a roommate. That changed it to computer. So she would say, computer, do this thing. I always thought that was cool. Oh, it was a cover. To, okay, so I think it's, the chat said it was a cover that you could put over your own one. Okay, there you go. But yeah, this was um, this is an exhilarating fight. Like, even though I think there are absolutely, absolutely weak points, I think the whole picture together, like you said, just... It's 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 impressive to see that the developer that came from T has picked up as much as he has and is... is produce this now yeah this and dsr both these ultimates just i think they really outshine the rest of the ones before them just and mechanically the like you know aesthetically big fan of the last two ultimates and it's very sad it's not gonna be a new one for like another one and a half years at least i i wanted to ask you guys about that um do you actually think it would be a good idea to have another ultimate in point five? Given the level of stress and or effort and or time investment being what they have well, been for the last two. So, and drama. The, the whole reason. So in Stormblood, they were going to do three. I don't know if you remember. Like okay. Their plan was to do three in Stormblood, and they ended up moving, canceling the last one because, you know, people said it's too much or something like in like JP or, or like. I don't know where where they got that, but that was their that was their justification for it when they talked about it. People were saying that it's too much, like they they can't catch up on the old ones because they're taking too long to clear them or something. So you know, I, that's just not going to happen. I think like no matter what. Oh, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying how do you feel yeah. personally given the the quality and I guess demanding nature of these two? Say this were to be the new norm for all of them, would you think it I would, would be, be okay. healthy to have a third I, one? That'd be what another eight months apart. I think it'd be completely fine. Eight I, months. I do a third one. Yeah, I do a third maybe, one. Maybe maybe you're not the audience to ask because <laughs> I feel like the answer is always going to be yes. 
Yeah, I'd do a third one here. That'd be an Fuck easy yeah. yes, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Let's go. Yeah, because well, I, I like think the, I'm ready. I'm ready yeah. to start next week. Stop. I'd be down for even because like every patch helps, but I'd do it every patch. You can't be. You can't be. I'm just. I'm thinking of like. So you guys got through it in six days, six to seven days, both times, right? Like it's like this one was what seven and a half days, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was in like eight. It was like seven know. days for this one and six for the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That doesn't sound as bad. But then you've got everyone who's now on week three, and it's not looking as great. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. So when I, I say you, good, you I say healthy to have it. I mean more in that regard, less of a oh man, I would jump on it, and more of a status of the game and the players who it's targeted at. I mean, it's like a personal team thing. You guys need to. Uh, everyone should. Have expectations, you know. After like a week, then say like, okay, we're gonna tone down the amount of raid, like you know, go back to normal schedule. Could be three weeks of like constant twelve to sixteen hours. I don't think I could do that ever. That that seems impossible. Yeah, (laughs) it's like uh, I guess I always plan for ten days, like heavy hours. But after that, you have to like go back to normal life hours, (laughs) right? Like you can't do that forever. So. Yeah, um, we'll be definitely discussing that next week on the show because um, mental and physical health and how it applies mm-hmm. to rating is super, super real. And I think a lot of people will put the the game over their mental health for just long yes. enough to go fucking crazy. So um, we've seen actually yeah, even a lot of hardcore people stepping back from top just from just what they're what they're going through. Like it's just what it's right. putting them through. And, uh, it's, uh, it's a tough one because, you know, some of us either have the dedication or the time available or both to do three. But at the same time, man, we've got, we've got another savage tier. We've got a cr- no, criterion savage. We've got two criterions. Um, it's, I, I'm going like, to say, <laughs> what, what are you going to say? I just, it's like, uh, I'm ready to fucking go, but it's, it's not good for the game to have more than two. Like, it's just not good for the game, I think. What I wish they would do is two ultimates and then the, the fifth patch would be the, the 48 man savage every time. Like, it's like a pattern. Ultimate, ultimate 48 man. I think that'd be the most fun because 48 man is really stressful. It's a good way to end an expansion too. Cause it's something like a lot of people can come together to do in multiple communities. Like DRS brought together a lot of people, right? Like primal discord, the ether discord, everyone's doing it. I, I would be a big fan of just two ultimates and a large skill raid. I love that that's the result of everyone saying fuck Eureka until BA came out and been like, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Now I wish I'd done it the whole time. Why'd you put this cool thing at the end? Ah, I didn't do Eureka either. And I, I don't know. I actually even think it's kind of fun. I just never, never did it. I really regretted that. Honestly, it's so hard to get in there now. I want to go in there. No, it's not. It's actually really easy. Well, it's, Maybe if you know what to do, it's easy. But for me, it's like I go in there and my head spins. Like I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Right? It's Fortunately to, for I, you, there's this great online guide for how to get caught up in Eureka in just about forty oh, hours total. Can I get? Like, where's the Mister Happy guide? Can I get yeah, that right in my DMs? That's yeah. I have it. I have I have a video oh, series. Right. It takes about Let's forty hours to complete. I, I need the, I need to know how to form a relic by myself. It's easy, actually. There's some great tricks for it. 
Did you know that if you uh, kill a monster while you're level synced, or I'm sorry, you kill a monster while you're not level synced, and then you level sync to a fate as it dies, you'll just get the EXP as if it was. Oh yeah, I used to do that. Yeah, that's a trick that. in, in Pagos. That's a big trick in Pagos to. Speed yeah, I up. did that to level up, but I'm also like, I have no idea how to do the relic. Yeah, that's how you do the relic too. <laughs> oh, let's go. That's how you do the light farm. Yep. Happy Oji-san. Yeah, it's just, just, I listen. I'll get you through in no time at all. I've helped many a soul. Let's go. Be a casual content soul. enjoyer. I just missed out on that one. Yeah. Don't worry. We're, we'll definitely get another 48 man this expansion. I'm full on on the hopium completely. No, we're getting a deep dungeon instead, remember? Deep dungeons in a month? Any interest? Not really. No solo uh, interest? Me and Snap will do it. Where's I'll the Snap solo? <laughs> Gotta do the solo. And then there's two more Criterions, still. Uh, which, depending on... Oh, I, I might completely not even forgot Criterions. about that. I, I might not do Criterion Savage if the rewards are the same. <laughs> I might just only do Criterion, I'm not gonna lie. Well, yeah. yeah but just for the completion, I'm gonna do it, but yeah, it's kind of self-reward. You yeah. know, the thing about the Criterion Savage is that you get this book and a title, right? But all you get for this book is one... One materia. <laughs> hey, you can get a banner for your or house a that you totally have. <laughs> it's like, oh boy, my one materia. I think it would have been less insulting if you just got nothing. <laughs> just the title and just sent you home? Yeah, just a title and nothing. Like a book Oh yeah, so you can, can get an earring. Come materia. on. Don't be so dramatic. Is an earring? Yeah. I thought that was for normal. No, actually, I think it is from Savage. I think there's two different earrings, one for normal, one for Savage, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, there's, yeah, there's two more of those. That's in .45 and .55. They, they should have just put all the rewards in normal and just have Savage give you nothing but a title. That's kind of what they, I mean, the mount is basically a normal mode. I, yeah. You know, you only need but 25 is, runs you, of normal mode to get it. You, you don't even get the normal mode item from Savage. You literally don't get it. Nope. That was extra insulting that you just don't get the four yeah. coins at the end of it all. They did that with Rathalos, where if they you did should. extreme, you got the normal mode one too. But yeah, yeah, you get four of the. You get you get. I know you get the you get the one off the tail. That's that's the one that's. Yeah, the red. The, yeah, there's the four red ones and then the one even more extra red one. Someone who's colorblind. Thank you for the description. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. There's still so much more content that's left in the expansion. You know, it doesn't feel like it at times, especially once post clear depression sets in. I'm sure you guys are scouring through Twitch streams to see who's working on, <laughs> on, I don't, do you guys do that? Did everyone like to be like, I'm going to copium now by watching other people do it? You also? Yeah. That's one of the best parts. Yeah. Actually, beat it early you get and to watch, watch everyone. everyone. You get to open the command center. My friend, Bok Choi, every time he clears some, a piece of content, he, he'll like, he'll open his command center and have a, a multi-twitch open with nine people's different streams on it, watching all of them at the same time, maximizing whichever one's the farthest in the fight. And it's, I think it's hilarious. <sighs> there's, there's post-clear the depression and there's I'm not hardcore progging depression. <laughs> and they both lead down the same path. <laughs> Of just watching takes, other people like. It takes you a, like a couple days to get out of the time vortex. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I slept, better, I slept better during Prague than for three days after. 
Yeah, my my sense of time is always completely fucked for like at least two days afterwards. Yeah, I uh, I was in bed by nine p.m. every night during Prague. That night, I was up to like one in the morning. I just it was, it was like I needed to like live the freedom. Yeah, exactly. I always stay up after we clear too. We were up for like twenty four hours on our last day, I think, and we cleared. And I just Jesus. sat there watching streams for like four more hours. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm I mean, compared to DSR, like we were <laughs> compared to DSR, we were a lot more healthier with our sleep schedule this time. In DSR, we we had like four to six hour nights only, like four hours of sleep. But this time around, we started at seven on the first few days, then we moved it to eight hours of sleep every night, and we were actually very consistent with that. We didn't like say we're gonna wake up early at all. So that was a definitely a good mental break compared to DSR, or just yeah, like four actually... hours, go to sleep for four hours, and waking back up, we're going back in immediately. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. I, we had Zepp and Skyler on for the, our DSR show, and yeah, they they talked a little bit about that, and that it wasn't great. <laughs> More so, sleep definitely you know, helps, who... especially. Oh, go on. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, more. We actually like actively started raising the amount that we were sleeping because partway through this prog, we realized. Wow, this fight is very mentally taxing. <laughs> you, like we really need it. We were doing way better when we sleep more. Like you, you can't, you can't brute force your way through that first phase like with any amount of consistency when you're just like completely brain dead. It's it's crazy. The Echo Cast is already learning that a few hundred pulls in today. It's completely you know for people different. who champion, you know, mental and physical well being. After y'all are done with Prague, y'all do some of the most fucking Listen, dumbest when shit you've been fucking... working really hard at something, sometimes you need to be awake to de-stress and not asleep. Because you associate the sleep with what Go you're going to gonna be sleep. doing the next day. Go the fuck the sleep. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> like, you associate the, I'm going to bed to wake up to do this thing. So you just, like, it's it's like, it's part of the ritual. And the whole point of being done with it is to break the ritual. So it, like, fucks with your head a little bit. Also, when you're sitting there, like, doing this crazy fight for, for hours and hours, and you, and you, like, you kill it, just sitting, sitting, like, leaning back in your chair and just sitting there and just literally not thinking about anything feels as relaxing as sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, we, I, it's, it's post-clear clarity. You're just as... sitting there, like, totally potatoed, like, ah. My, my, I mean, I, I say my reaction pretty much encapsulates it all. Yes! Now I can sleep. <laughs> Good job, everyone. <laughs> I've, I've never been, I've never been much of a, of a post clear pop off screamer. I think everyone. the way I popped off against Uwu will never happen again. I don't think I could ever repeat that. And that was because that was non deliberate, but this was just a visceral, just it's, it's, thank God. It was, it was such a relief. We were really feeling the grind at the end. I think we all wanted to be done. Did anyone cry? Cause like I cried at the end of DSR Prague. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh my God. Everyone I know was in tears. If they, if they did, then they muted. Yeah. Everyone I know is in tears from DSR. I don't know a sing- I guess in terms of like watching other broadcasters who were doing, I don't know a single person who didn't have tears in their eyes of either joy or or just emotional release. <laughs> but that didn't happen here. Here it was just a quick yell, and then it was back to normal. Because this fight, I don't know about you, but this fight may have been stressful to do, but it wasn't, I didn't find it that stressful to prog, necessarily. 
Because there was, again, there wasn't really many brain puzzles. It was consistency checks. Uh, it's, how do I, I thought this, start this thought? Go on, Suki. I, I thought this also was a good mixture of brain checks and just execution. I think people say this is too hard. I, I don't think so. I think this is the perfect, I think they can make it even slightly harder, but going forward, I think this is the level of difficulty they should like aim for at least rather than anything easier. I hope, at least, like six, seven days for an ultimate clear is, I think, fair. First group. Fair for the first group. <laughs> I mean, the rest is, you know, they'll, they'll catch up. They'll catch up. Yeah, it's great for us. They'll, they'll catch up. It's fine. <laughs> uh, what do you guys, do you guys want it to be easier or is this difficulty good? I think this difficulty is fine. I found this fight very unstressful to do. I think it, I think it's because it played to a lot of my personal Strength, strengths in terms of pride. And I think that's going to be the big thing. They, Yoshi P's statement wasn't ever outright that it was easier is that they weren't aiming to make it easier, but it was designed to be very different. So, you know, that it may be easier to some, I fell in that category because I never found hmm. doing any of this stuff, I, but I'm also the person who was like, dude, this wormhole thing is actually really easy. I don't understand what everyone's saying. Cause it was literally just, if you just, if I can just make a bunch of rules and follow them, that's like, that's that's awesome. But even the random stuff, like I play Dancer. Like, what the... F Come on. I play the most dead brain. If I was a tanker or a healer, I probably would have fucking hated doing this. But as a, as a DPS, is super dead brain, in my opinion. So for me, I think it is right. But I think, again, the problem is this and DSR both being the quality of Ultimate that released within nine months' time. Because that's a lot. For, I know so many people that are just burnt on raiding right now, especially after what happened with Abyssos. That in particular kind of extended it a little bit. Yeah, this has been a pretty yeah. brutal series of things that have come out. And I'm completely okay with it. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> you made that abundantly clear with, yeah, no, just give me a third one. I'll, I'm ready to go. Uh, start next week. See you Tuesday. Just do hell mode. Asuki loves those. Those are his favorite. Want to come out Lost Ark now? <laughs> <laughs> when's, when's hell mode top? <laughs> oh, God, I don't even know what you do. At some point in the future, it'll be ultimate of the ultimate version, you know, like ultimate, ultimate U-Cub, eventually. Maybe, maybe for the third one, we get level 90 U-Cub. Maybe that's, maybe that's the next step. It's a little not, just, just, just to bring it up to stuff. Unreal. You know? No, but here's the thing. I feel like you they, have to I, you have to do level ninety coil to get your fox thing, and then you have to do it again. Oh god! Every week, level ninety ultimate coil, but it gives you a guaranteed fox. That's you. That's your reward for doing the ultimate. Let's go the, the faux fox. Yep, I got I got a fox, a box, and a sword just last week. It's like the line the witch in the wardrobe, but it's actually fun. I'm kind of interested in that you were saying about how. Um, you were talking about how, like, the people who are, like, progging first, they, like, figure out a lot of the stuff, and the people after just have to execute it, right? Or you were talking about that with Sly earlier. I'm kind of interested that you think that this fight is easier in that sense than others, because I think this fight is designed really differently in the sense that there's very little, like, mandatory studying that you have to do in this fight comparatively, it feels like to me. This fight is almost all just execution to me. 
I think it really comes down to the few things that are mild brain puzzles being big blocking points and everything. Because if you can executionally do this ultimate, then somebody handing you the diagram that makes it super easy to understand this. Like, for example, trio one, two, and three. When someone's already gone out of their way to figure out all of the, like, how do the, like, you don't have to wonder, oh, here's a worst case scenario where the fists are too random and things like that. Like, all of that's been relieved from your process. So somebody's eventually what's going to happen is there's going to be a Delta one strat for the PF. There's going to be a Delta two strat. There's going to be, I'm sorry, a Sigma strat and an alpha strat or an Omega strat. Sorry. I don't know why I always call it alpha. I think I just convinced myself it would be called that. And I just keep calling it that. And that'll just be, that'll be what you go through. Those will be the resources you study. And the way the fight works is it's a giant memorization game. And I think, that's the part that's going to hold people at that and wiping in phase one a bunch, which you'll never fix. So if yeah, I guess for the trios, yeah, because the, the trios are like a much more standard design, but mm-hmm. I feel like everything else in the fight. I mean, hello world but, also like hello world is yeah, yeah, it's executional, but like there's no, again, there's just monitors. Like someone's eventually going to copy monitor positions. Like it's, it's still going to be down to execution. You know, it's not like knowledge is, is, I think I think this fight is like much higher ratio of like execution to studying than any other fight they've had so far. Yeah, I just think the the average quality of players that are doing this style of content, it it's it some of them are going to have to fine tune that skill to make it easier, but I don't think that's going to supersede over time the fact that it's all solved already, you know. Um Yeah. That's that's just so, that's just how I feel. You say it's like you know you mentioned wormhole. It I don't think it's hard either. But the thing what the thing that makes wormhole hard is because there's eight different things you have yeah. to memorize all the intricacies of each spot, which is I think the same in this fight where you know Delta's solved at this point, right? Everyone knows the spot, but there's like, these intricate sauce. Like until you actually see it, you don't know exactly how big the hello near and far circles are, or like how how far like. You have to be on this wall or something to bait the hands or something. These like little, like the, like you said, moving early for the patch. These small things you can't really read in a guide. These are stuff you have to like make a mistake at least one time, you know, do that position and figure out yourself. Okay. This is the timing, proper timing. You can't really get that from a guide, I think. Yeah. I just, when I look at a lot of, I, cause I watch a lot of groups go through ultimates later and I listen to the discussions they have and a lot of them end up in the vein of, um, people, outright not understanding a mechanic and thus being unable to to kind of adjust you know players want to be told stand here for this if that's that's the number one biggest gripe i have as a guide maker i I I could go on about this all day yeah i understand you completely (laughs) yeah as I, I, i from the early days of guide making i've seen people who say this guy talks too much i don't need to know what happens if i do it wrong just tell me where to stand and it's, it's like it's it's like top down versus bottom up like i said yeah. earlier most people mm-hmm. are top down they want you to tell them the safe spots and then tell you how to tell which safe spot they're standing in whereas in this fight i think a lot of the time you want to understand things bottom up you want to know what is happening around you and then you move to avoid that rather than remembering safe spots and learning how to recognize them right yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I've even seen that with what 
was the party finder's way of doing things for the first phase. Um, what we did is, uh, we did a body language check where we would focus target the other person with the same number and just deliberately create space between those two. That players. is still what we do, actually. Yes. Um, but the PF immediately hmm. wanted to come up with a, like a snakes type P8S priority system for how people determine where they go and who takes which tether and where their safe spot is and which one of you gets the left tower or the right tower or the west tower. I think for PF that actually makes sense because it is actually kind of important in PF that you need to be able to to point a finger and say, no, I was right. Because if there's any kind of ambiguity in an argument in PF, they will never agree, right? Correct. Yeah. It has to be no ambiguity in PF. So I think that makes sense. But like in, in groups, you can definitely just, you know, move left and right forehead. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I think that some of that, it, it's a similar mentality that bores those differences, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so the player that needs to be told exactly what to do every time is even if you can get through phase one, that's only going to go so far in this fight, you know? So I think being able to communicate silently or to be able to properly observe is a skill that this – it benefits you more here than it does in other cases. Yeah. And uh, a lot of that is bore from that just tell me where to go. I just need to know exactly what my job is, and I will do nothing but that exact thing. But that's what happens when, like, somebody's in the wrong spot and somebody could take two steps to the left to fix it. But they don't because they're just doing what they were told. Exactly, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, it's brutal because you can always – you can. there's so much more you can do when you try to understand what the the ups and downs are to any singular attack in this game. There's just so much more you can do as a player. It's like – we're going to bring this right back to Wormhole, all right? Mm-hmm. Of most people in Wormhole, the reason most people think Wormhole is hard – is because they're literally trying to memorize eight completely separate sequences of movements. They say, I'm number eight, I'm going to go to this wall, I'm going to step left at this time, and I'm going to do this thing in this order, right? Whereas I think it's much more efficient to just kind of try to like understand the big picture in Wormhole because then you're remembering one thing that's like maybe twice as complicated as it could be rather than eight things. That's that's exactly. That's and exactly this fight it. has a lot of that. Omega has a lot of that. There's because there's so much RNG that you don't want to try to remember eight completely different things. You want to just try to like understand the big picture and then slot yourself into it. Yeah, I'd say that's why we landed on the Delta Strat that we did because we suddenly didn't have to. As soon as you had a blue tether or a green tether, everything was decided for you for the rest of the phase. It was, it was so the way we did it, we had like an in and an out green tether, and we had a long and a short blue. And once you were one of those, your whole mechanic was decided. That was it. So breaking it down to that really simple component made it just, at least in, in my opinion, made it easier. But yeah, like you said, it's just, I don't know. People people just want, just people just learn different. That's all it is. People mm-hmm. learn, they memorize, they react all different. But if it works, it works, you know. I think that this won't get easier until not just things are normalized, but I think until 6.5. I think people need that extra five item levels to make up for the inconsistency that the PF or random groups might have damage. Yeah. 
So that's big. I think that mm. I think the pots in point four are going to be big because phase one pot is massive in terms of consistency. But the the extra five item levels in six point five is going to be a huge huge thing. But it won't save you in, on trios. So at the end of the day. Oh yeah. No, speaking yeah. of defense check, I'm actually impressed that they made this not easy after the PAS situation <laughs> where they actually had to nerf <laughs> wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. So, did you guys make jokes about who did? Is this the same team that tested Abyssos? Is this the same team? <laughs> we, we, I think we had jokes that like they're definitely gonna nerf this fight after the first clear again, similar to PAS. But uh, I, after PAS the nerf, I thought they would never make a hard defense check ever again. But I'm pleasantly surprised that they pulled this off. Because I, I really do like hard DPS checks. And I hope P12S is also going to be a hard DPS check. Maybe even as hard as PNS, and they can nerf it afterwards if they have to. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, actually, it yeah. That's actually kind of incredible that, that this actually happened in the time frame that it did. They got yeah, so cause... much backlash over the P8 thing. Like, people yeah. were mad. Yeah. And, um, then... and not to mention that um, a lot of people said DSR's difficulty was the result of it having so much time to be tuned. I don't think that's the case here. I mean, they spent a lot of time on this. Don't get me wrong, but this this one probably not. This one, this one is just because this Omega is just designed like it's just built different, like legitimately. <laughs> Literally, it's it's legitimately just not designed the same as most fights in this game, and I think people aren't used to that. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, it acts as UCOB did once before it, and DSR right before it, where now it's a new bar. And everyone's kind of going to have to pick up what it's putting down because if anything, any of these skills ever come up again. Yeah, absolutely. Wish- this fight is going to make people much better at the game because it's it's a completely different way of thinking. And once people are used to it, then they're going to be used to it, you know. Yep. For sure, for the next ultimate, I won't be going and thinking the DPS check will be super easy. Like going to this, everyone probably thought, you know, there's no DPS check, you mechanic check, like always. Yep. Bro, most of us thought this was going to be ooh, ooh difficult. Like, oh, they're not going to make anything like DSR again. It's like, well, it's not like DSR, but go fuck yourself. How about that? I thought it was going to be like a T copy-paste. Yeah. It's got some similarities to T. You can spot a few, but it, for the most part, it's it stands on its own. Yeah. So, either way, I knew this would never be a two-hour show as much as I lied to myself. <laughs> <laughs> There was no way that we were going to be able to condense this fight down to two hours between nope. all of us. There's no way. But nope. it has been as it has been an exciting conversation. Hopefully enlightening yes, for anyone yes. who didn't prog or is still progging and working on some of the later bits and wondering if their team is going about it the right way in, in certain parts. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, was I like, thought you were ending. I was, I was, just well, I was, I was, I was, it was, I'm getting there, but yeah, no, that's like, it's just final thoughts was going to be where that was going, but you know, that's, uh, yeah. Any final thoughts before we start signing off? Just uh, hope scoring is keeps putting out amazing content like this. Cause I, I'm, I, I don't like the rest of the game personally. I love the rating in Final Fantasy, but the rest of the game, I, I don't play the game between patches. And it's something I love about our teams is we, I don't, we're not, we're, no one in here is forced to play the game between patches. We meet up a month before the patch comes up or like a couple weeks and we start rating then. So as long as Square just keeps putting out fantastic raid stuff like this, I'll always be subbed, I guess, and hope keeps going. Same. Also sorry for making your show take an hour longer. Oh, we don't care. 
Well, yeah, I don't know if Sly did. He normally doesn't. No, yeah, I, 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 I aim for the two every show, but we don't care. But we got like with shows like this, I go in knowing that it's gonna probably go three. Our our rating shows usually last a lot longer than our you know normal you know content type shows. Aloha's not, not Aloha's not pleased with it though because his <laughs> lunch is normally at two, but I saw his bowl was still full, not full, but had food in it, so I didn't refill it before the show. And now it's empty, so he is upset. And now he's mad. He's very mad, and he is trying to make a meal out of my fucking legs. He's gonna show you who's bo- boss. Yeah, he's a he's a big, big softy. At the end of the day, I can't help it. I have too much fun. I talk too much. No, that's fine. No, it works okay. out perfect for the that's show. Fine. We'd rather you yeah. have fun talking instead of not have fun talking. Have it's fun. Fun, it's fun to talk about too. It is. It really is. That's the thing. I'm not. I'm not like not as fatigued as I may make it seem at times. It's just different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really it's, nice. It's, this isn't the same conversation we had with that DSR. We did with DSR, DSR yeah, I no, wanted a, me- I wanted like a mental. He, health he wanted fight. a support group. <laughs> he wanted a support group. Um, I mean, we're doing that for rating in general, but like, yeah, I don't feel like Top needs a support group. I mean, y'all it's were, gonna y'all need were it there for people for who aren't done with it yet soon. Yeah, but they will. So we'll probably end up still doing that. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out. Uh, yeah. But- Hopefully everyone enjoyed the show. Uh, we're going to be wrapping up here. So thank you again to our sponsors over on Patreon for supporting. They don't have to support. They simply choose to. Uh, and we appreciate them for it. Thanks to our sponsors in that Steel Series and Advanced GG. We have discount codes for both of them. And I have a few other, assuming some people are still around in chat and post show. I got a couple other people to thank for a couple of things as well. No, we're not. Joel's not sponsoring. No. <laughs> we do not have a Joel sponsor. <laughs> Joel. No. No, no, no. Wait, but if Joel wants to give me some money, then, you know, I could make it happen, you know, so that's fine. So anyway, with that, <laughs> I like how you have the tiny bit badge, the one bit. <laughs> I love watching people's streams and just spamming one bit. <laughs> well, uh, thank you both of you again for taking the time out. It, it took an extra hour of your time as well, and we very much appreciate it here on State of the Realm. So, uh uh, Moogie, we'll let you and your banana go first. Uh, what do you, what do you got going on? What are you looking forward to? Uh, what's, what's up for your future? I've also just played Lost Ark, so I'm just happy to be done with Final Fantasy. <laughs> go back to Lost Ark. And yeah, just like I said, I'm really looking forward to more content. I'm looking forward to the Savage. If it's as, I thought PNS was really fun, other than the Phoenix mech, so hopefully P2S will be really good as well. And I, I, I like the Criterion stuff too, the four man Savage stuff. I think there's a lot of good stuff coming for Final Fantasy next few months, and I'm really looking forward to it. One for Joel, God. Uh, Lost Ark, did they release some? I haven't been keeping up. What's her face? The like 20 minute well, and kind of, I can't remember. Brushaza, yeah, Brushaza. Okay, yeah, that was that was yeah. the one before before Lost Ark came to the West. That was the one everyone kept saying you gotta watch this fight on YouTube. So I was like, I haven't kept up of when it was. That just reminded me of something, you know. How in Final Fantasy, people are always like, oh, I was out of that. Like, I wasn't in that AoE. Look where I died. Oh, God, Lost Ark. It's way worse. Uh, Suki's version is always, that would have worked in Lost Ark. (laughs) Like, in Lost Ark, you're actually where you're standing. He says it, like, three times. In Final Fantasy, your character's, like, three paces behind everyone else. That would have worked in Lost Ark. So, like, in Final Fantasy, you're stacked up in your screen, but then it's like, no, you're not stacked up. Only you're not in the stack. You're too far in the server. But then, like, you know, Lost Ark, I'm like, yeah. So, it was like a running meme, and I think it was like, yeah, in Lost Ark, I would have been in that stack. 
I don't know. I felt like the Lost Ark hitboxes were a little bigger. And it made oh, sense. Oh, it's definitely bigger, yeah. yeah it's just that when you're in a stack and Lost Ark, you'll be in that stack. Yeah, you see true. yourself in the stack, you're in that stack. Those fucking seagulls. I hated those fucking seagulls when I played. You, it's been a while. Anyway. <laughs> Nar. <laughs> what do you, what do you got going on? What are you looking forward to in the next few months? Waiting on this next raid tier. Uh, I don't, yeah, that's all I have to say. <laughs> hey, we're lucky. We don't have to play Final Fantasy. I, I make sure our team takes a long break. So, I don't I think like anyone particularly wants sometimes. to go raid. Hey, Naruto, to I don't know how he does it. This is your sign yeah, off, so you can just 14. say what you're doing yeah. and what you got going oh, okay. on. It's just, no, you do for the next thing going months. on. Nothing. <laughs> Watching nothing at all. <laughs> no Octopath. Yeah. No, no, no alternative like WoW or Lost Ark. No. You're going to be yeah. in PF, right, Nar? No, I think I'm just going to hibernate. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Can't fault them for that. All right. Well, thank mm-hmm. you again, both of you, for being on and taking your time. Uh, Sly, what do you got going on? Uh,. Uh, you, you can find me at twitch.tv slash sly, aka gray fox. You can find me at twitter at sly the fox. Um, wild hearts. Yes. Coming soon. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely be on the wild hearts. Um, I'll be watching people play Octopath. I'm, I mean, I'm excited for y'all, but I'm not like geek like y'all are. Um, but you know, the usual. I'm good at Gundam. Of course. Always some good ass Gundam, and you know f- stuff on fourteen as, as content comes out. So, um, actually have a few community things planned for fourteen as well. So I might be reaching out to y'all on Twitter. So keep on the lookout. Coming soon. Cool. Yeah. Is that uh, Sly, aka Gray Fox, with an A or an E? A. Well, oh, I'm sorry, E. Excuse me. You meant you thought oh. the A and AKA? <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm, uh, I'm yeah. going to follow you right now. I had to know. Perfect. Well, thank you. Everyone else should do that too. Yeah. Look at you, big Gundam fan. <laughs> big Sly fan. There you go. Oh, stop it. <laughs> and Habs, what are you doing with life? Getting back into the rhythm of things on. YouTube. I've got some uh, some pretty big stuff coming up in the next couple months. So I'm going to talk to you yeah, about yeah, that yeah. probably mm-hmm. in, uh, in yeah. private sometime soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Wild Hearts is next week. Uh, Theatrhythm is next week. Yeah, um, for those who don't know, mm-hmm. I used to do DDR competitively, but I haven't touched a rhythm game in over a decade. So uh, that's been a fun revisit. I've just been getting my rhythm game senses back, and uh, that's been that's been a great time. Uh, Octopath 2, demo's out. It's fantastic. I'm planning on doing my demo speed run so I can bring a good save file over. Uh, probably try to clear through all the stories in like 20, 30 minutes and then spend the next two and a half hours just figuring out, like, stealing stuff from people. Or Apparently, there's a there's something in the demo where if you go into a dungeon before the three-hour mark hits for the demo limit, they won't kick you out of the game or the dungeon until you leave it. So you can technically stay in a dungeon and level in the demo until you leave it and then carry that save over. So I, uh, I might, I might do that. <laughs> Whoa. Might do some, some great A cheddar cheese, some great A cheddar some... cheese, baby. The sea of stars okay. demo. Also, if you haven't played was awesome. Uh, yeah, I was actually interested in that. I was looking at that too. 
Yeah, it has, it has shades of Chrono Trigger and Super Mario RPG and uh, some fantastic music and visuals to boot. So that's uh, that was exciting. That's out in August, but the demo's out now. So uh, it's only out on Switch, the demo for now, but they said the demo's coming to other platforms later. So yeah, that's going to be nice. Yeah, and then Deep Dungeon next month, I'm doing solo. So mm. that'll be fun. Mm. Yeah, and the composer for Chrono Trigger did do some of the music, so that kind of helps out. Helps out big time. There's even a place, like, there's a dungeon that's locked away. You're not allowed to go there in the demo. But if you stand outside of it, it pops up and says, you're not allowed in. But listen to listen to Mitsuda's track that he made for this dungeon. So <laughs> it's uh, it's actually really nice. But either way, that's going to be it for us. We do, so since you haven't been on the show, we do normally do a short post-show. But because we had such a long show, I mean, very short post-show, very likely. <laughs> so, uh Thanks again, and ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week for mental health and rating. We have one guest confirmed already, and that is Stall. I'm going to see about getting us another guest, so uh, that way we can we can have a nice deep discussion about not hating yourself when you're doing 16 hour days. Yes, <laughs> or hating the people yes. around you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, thanks everyone, and we will see you next week. So, y'all have a good one. Take care. Take care. See you next week.